Good morning. It is Danger Dan here in the talk shop. Uh, today on the show, I got my friend Tim. You may remember Tim from our trip to Nepal with Motorcycle Sherpa. I think I even gave him some mic time back then. Anyways, we've been talking about doing a podcast ever since then, and we finally got her done. It was over the phone, uh, but it was still a good one. I always, me and Tim, dude, we've we talked. We have these the conversation you're fixing to hear. We do that every couple of months, probably maybe more. Uh, but Tim's got a company called GigaCycle Garage. You can go to gigacycle.com. He uh, he's got inverted front ends. They're uh, Corsair inverted front ends for your FXR, Dynas, Sportster. Uh, you know all pretty much all your performance bikes. You know. Uh, he's got a swing arm for Sportsters. He's got these bitch and brake caliper uh, brackets to hold four piston Tokiko. I've got one of those on my dirt bike front end or my dirt bike rear end. He also helped me adapt the the uh, Honda front end onto my dirt bike uh, Sportster, which is fucking rad. And I believe he's offering that on his website too, a bottom tree and a stem that you can put onto those. Honda front ends to bolt it right up to your Sportster. It's pretty fucking badass. I've also got a, uh, I haven't put this to use yet, Tim, but it's a, a triple tree setup so I can use, I think, a Jixer front end or maybe it's the Corsair front end to for like a, to build a hooligan bike. You know, it's a specifically set up for hooligan racing. So I need to put that to use. Maybe I ought to put it on Carlos's bike so I can actually use it. Uh, but check out GigacycleGarage.com. He's got a bunch of custom parts. Uh, he's got fabrication parts, and then he's got everything from fenders to, you know, switches. I think he's even got helmets and foot pegs, dude. The dude's got it going on. Let's get into it. <laughs> Extermination Day with Thou Shall Not Hassle. Oh, Zach recently put a fucking sweet little video out with that song. And it was funny. I like, I fucking, you know, clicked the music up on the post. And I'm like, oh, that sounds familiar. And it took longer than it should have for me to realize what fucking song it was. Because it was that one I just played and have been playing for a while. Thank you, Zach. Check out Heavy Clothing at heavy.bigcartel.com. So, dude, a lot's happened since the last I talked to you last week. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to tell you about all of it, but I'm going to tell you about some of it. Uh, yesterday morning, I did call Carlos and convince him that we did not need to race the Mint 400 again, which was our original plan. You know, we uh, once we finished last the last race, which was awesome, we finished it. We're stoked. We're like, hey, you know, maybe we don't need we don't need. I didn't want to come back to fucking Vegas in a few months. And then a couple weeks go by, Carlos was like, you know what? If that motor was running better, 
I bet we could have won it. You know, a motor guy. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I know a motor guy. And I, you know, set up plans to take the motor to Boston Billy and, uh, and fuck, I already, and I did, I took it to, I took the motor to Billy when I got, when we put the flathead together and, uh, I talked to Billy yesterday and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got all the parts in. It should be done in like the next week. You know, probably he'll, you know, it, it was going to be done soon. And uh, I told him, Hey man, fucking scratch it. You know, don't rush it. We're going to, we're going to race that bike again, but we're not going to do it in a couple of weeks. It's just too much, man. Too much. I don't want to spread myself too thin. And, uh, you know, I told Carlos to pick out a fucking Baja date so we could go race one of the score rallies down there. Cause that will be sick. And, and, uh, we're going to need somebody with a chase vehicle. Like we're going to, we're going to need a fucking giant chase rig. Actually, we're going to need at least two of them. Like, because from what I understand, you can't like, if me and Carlos are going to swap out, which we're going to, that's going to happen with that fucking sportster, uh, swap out. You can't beat the fucking truck. You can't beat the bike to the next pit. From what I understand, maybe you can beat a sportster, but probably not. Anyhow, that's one. That's one thing that's going on this new. Uh, Mama tried still happening March 4th, 5th, and 6th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And, dude, I'm not going to be there. Fuck. March 4th and 5th, I will be in New Smyrna at the Speedway racing with Billy Lane in the Sons of Speed. Oh, man, dude. Oh, man, I'm going to tell you more about that flathead here in a minute. No, fuck it. So yesterday, I hit up Nick. I'm like, dude, I'm, I got to go ride it somewhere. It doesn't have fucking brakes. There's not many options. Uh, let's go to Texas Motor Speedway. No, not inside the track. They got a big-ass parking lot, right? I'm like, oh, I can fucking ride in their parking lot. We go up there yesterday. It wasn't as conducive to uh, unloading and riding as I thought. All the fucking parking lots had pipe fence around them, gates and shit. And there was a couple of parking lots where, like, you know, you could have gotten in there. Like a bike could have anyways. You couldn't have gotten in with a truck. But there's no place to really park by them. And then the parking lots. And then there was just a lot of fucking car. It was just not, you know, it wasn't a big empty parking lot like I thought it was going to be. But there's this road that goes around Texas Motor Speedway. <clears throat> so we're looping around that. And I come to this long straightaway, and I finally see a place to kind of pull in and park a little bit. And I start looking at it, and I'm like, dude, this is just as fucking sketchy as me riding the fucking road in front of my house. But Nick's here, so, you know, fuck it, let's do it. So, and really, as soon as I start getting comfortable, Nick's, Nick's already sold. He's already, he doesn't even think there's a question. He doesn't think there's any other place to possibly do it in the world at this point. And then all of a sudden, an 18-wheeler pulls in. Sure enough, he, like, stops and gets out of his cab immediately. So I approach the situation. You know, I don't want him to get any closer to me than what he's done already. And he jumps out, and he's like, hey, where do I go for the auction or some shit? I'm like, so sick. I have no fucking clue, but don't come in here. You know, get the fuck out of here. And I run him off. Nick's already got the bike unstrapped. I'm like, damn, dude, all right, I guess we're doing it. Fucking crank it up. And I was excited. I'll be honest. I was excited. I, I probably didn't let it warm up as much as I should. And I take off. You know, and I I got a long, straight road. 
and there's traffic. There's not just traffic. There's fucking eighteen wheelers and cars. There's four lanes. Uh, it might sound sketchier than it was, but you know, whatever. Take a, take a couple of passes, kind of like you know, just going through the gears, not really like bringing the RPMs up too much. It was a fresh motor. It's had it's just ran in place. You know, hasn't hasn't done it. Had it had a load on it. So I do a couple passes, and I'm like, I'm starting to feel it, that like, on my back leg. So I'm thinking, okay, it's kind of, you know. Well, no, 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 okay, never mind. Uh, so, yeah, I thought I was feeling I think I, when, I, when I say I was feeling it just now, I was feeling it yesterday when I was riding it around the yard. But I'll get there. Anyway, fuck. Did I just fuck this story up? God damn bad at telling stories. Uh, anyways, third pass, Nick's there. And I fucking, st- I open her up, dude. I'm fucking getting it, dude. And it's, uh, the road's bumpy. That Springer is kind of fucking bouncing. And, uh, and I get into third. It's only three speed. And I'm, you know, it's kind of like lugging. I might have twisted the throttle too much. And, you know, it doesn't have an accelerator pump, just a B, right? So I think it kind of like got choked up, dude. And then it started busting through, busting through. And then all of a sudden it cleared up and started fucking taking off. It's just like, oh, shit, here we go. And then I lost a cylinder. Oh, no. Cylinder quit popping. And it didn't, like, start making new noises. It just quit making noises. Uh, Totally, like, silent. And uh, so I'm like, fuck, we can't even address the situation here. So I throw the bike on the trailer. Tell Nick we're going to the gas station. We go to Bucky's. I start fucking playing with the electrical. What do I do? I pulled the spark plug out. No, before I pulled the spark plug out, I switched spark plug wires. It's running on the front head, no matter what wires on it, coming out of the magneto. So then I pull the rear plug, put it on the head. It's sparking. Okay, well, everything's got spark. So what the fuck is going on here? So I fuck. I gotta take the top off, you know. Or I, I first off, I stuck my thumb over the spark plug hole. No compression, not even a little bit. So I'm, at this point, I'm like, "Fuck!" I just smoked this new goddamn motor. Like, shit. Anyways, I go home, call up Billy, the guy that built it, Boston Billy. He's like, have you run it yet? And I'm like, yeah, it's fucking sick, but it's not running anymore. What'd you do to it? And I'm like, shit. Uh, I tell him, he's like, oh, fuck, you probably just blew a head gasket. Pull the head off, look at the head gasket, and I'll send you some more. And I'm like, and he said it with like, you know, no concern whatsoever. <laughs> so I, instead of being relieved, I was more kind of shocked. Like maybe he didn't hear what I said. The motherfucking thing quit running, you know? Uh, anyways, I take the fucking head off, dude. I pulled. You can pull the head off with like, a, I think it was a nine sixteenths, dude. Like, there's like four bolts. You don't have to pull the intake or the exhaust or nothing. It's sick. It's fucking flatheads, great. And uh, I pull it off, and sure enough, that head gasket is not blown. Fuck. Um. So I fucking kind of kick it through where I can look and see what's going on. Well, the fucking exhaust valve sticking up in the air and not moving at all. I'm like shit. You know, that's not good. I uh, I fucking move the tap. I spin the tappet cover, lift it up, 
get it out of the way, kick it through a couple times, see the tablet going up and down. It's not moving the valve. It's like, okay, well, at least the cam chest is good. Call up Billy. Hey, dude, this fucking valve's stuck, you know? I wanted to just hit it with a hammer. He was like, the valve's stuck. That's it. That's all. Well, fucking spray some lube on it, hit it with a hammer, and put that motherfucker back together and run it. And with, like, I guess what got me when we were t- when we had these couple of conversations is there was no concern whatsoever, you know, like. <laughs> And sure enough, dude, I fucking hit that fuck. I sprayed the valve with some penetrate. I didn't even have a lot. The fucking bottle was barely spraying it out. I pull out a hammer, whack that fucking valve, stick the head back on there. It fires up first fucking kick, and I'm doing donuts in my fucking yard in no time. I let that motherfucker warm up first, so really good. And I talked to Billy, and Billy was like, I think my favorite thing he said was, dude, they're the AK-47 of, of motors. You ain't gonna fuck it up. I'm so stoked about that motherfucker. Anyways, racing that bike uh, March 4th and 5th at New Smyrna Daytona Bike Week. Sons of Speed, March 7th. I will be emceeing the Chopper Show with Chopper's Magazine at the Harley-Davidson Footprint at the Daytona International Speedway. Chopper's Magazine also paired up with our boy Nick over at FXR Bazaar. There is going to be cash prizes for the baddest bikes. Dude, it's going to be a fucking party. Dude, uh, I've got time frame. It's like 12 to 5. Get in there. Show off your fucking iron horse. And then we're going to give out some cash money. And then then we're fucking out of there. We're on to party at Giuseppe's Pizza, dude. Have you guys need to make sure if you're going to Daytona... My boy JoJo's got the baddest fucking pizza spot, and it's called Giuseppe's. And I'm telling you, and I'm not just saying this because he's my boy now, but that fucking place is out of this world. The best fucking pizza. The best fucking wings, dude. Holy shit, fucking. He's got, like, loaded fries with, like, green chilies. All the shit comes on. I mean, if you go to Daytona and you do not go see JoJo over at Giuseppe's, you, my friend, are fucking up. He's actually providing pizza and snacks for the fucking racers at Sons of Speed, which is sick. JoJo, thank you. Thank you, my friend. All right, so that's bike week. You got fucking Tropical Tattoo on Thursday, and then you've got the Boogie East on Friday at Annie Oakley Saloon, presented by Lowbrow Customs. Don't fuck up. March 9th through the 13th is the Mint 400, which I did back out of. I did. I don't. Carlos took it better than I thought, but I haven't got him on the phone. It was just text messages. I broke up with him via text message. Texas fan Dango in Fredericksburg, Texas, April 1st through the 3rd. The Gillespie County, the shit. Gillespie County Fairgrounds in Fredericksburg. Swap me. Antique Bike Show, Chopper Show, Flat Track Racing, Barbecue, the Outbound Train is going to play. It's going to be sick. Don't fuck up. Texas Fandango, April 1st through the 3rd. Uh, The Mezcal Motor Rally, 8th through the 10th. May 19th through the 22nd is the Tennessee Motorcycle Music Revival. Loretta Lynn's Ranch in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. Get in where you fit in. The Bling Cycles Invitational. 
Don't fuck up, miss this show. You will be pissed. June 17th and 18th is the Oklahoma reunion. You guessed it, in Oklahoma. June 25th to 26th is Born Free. July 9th is Full Tilt Boogie. July 22nd is the Run to Ratone, where J.P. Rodman will be hosting the first ever Chop Wizard Invitational. August 26th and 27th is the Virginia City Roundup in Virginia City, Nevada. That's right. The Virgi- it's a fucking rodeo chopper show. Even FXR show. Oh, dude, it's going to be sick. And I'm going to have tickets soon to give away. Uh, this show is presented by Choppers Magazine. And you do not want to miss it. I will be up there talking shit, riding bulls, and hopefully giving out more cash to the baddest fucking bikes on the planet. So... Catch us at Virginia City Roundup. What was else I can tell you? Oh, yeah. Speaking of Chopper's Magazine, he's got a new magazine out you can that you can buy called Chopper's Magazine. No, there's a story in there that I did about the Lolo run where me and Randy went to Idaho, met some badass motherfuckers and rode some badass roads, broke down what I call the article Breaking Down and Breaking Bread. Dude, that's what we did. We ate and we fucking broke down. Sometimes we didn't even eat. We just broke down. But it was sick. So check that out. I'm working on another article now covering the Mint 400. And I pretty much just talk shit about Carlos, the whole article. Literally just talk shit about Carlos. So you will not want to miss And what's awesome is it wasn't like a podcast. He doesn't got shit to say. He couldn't talk back. He wasn't even there, dude. It was just me writing. So that's cool. Chopper's Magazine. He's going to do subscriptions now where I now have to constantly write more shit. So you get more magazines every, I think, four magazines a year. So that's sick. <coughs> you should be stoked. I am. I'm real stoked. Uh, the same weekend as the Virginia City Roundup <clears throat> is the Nomad Run over in the UK. Make sure you follow the Nomad Run on the gram for more information if that is in your neck of the woods. Dude, we're back to fucking long intros, right? I mean, I used to have these fucking trimmed up, be at in and out, less than fucking seven, eight minutes. Maybe they never got that short, but you know what? Fuck right off if you don't like it. Uh, dude, that's a lot of shit going on. I'd only made it to August. I started trimming, trimming the calendar this year, like trimming it. Not even this year, like a couple weeks ago, because it was just stacking in and getting so thick that I was just going to, I didn't want to spread myself so thin where I wasn't effectively able to do anything. So I hope it works. I really hope it works because, dude, once the ideas and events start flowing, I start getting excited. I start saying yes to more shit than I can handle. But whatever, man. Uh, Dude, you know what I need you to do is go to DangerDanceTalkShop.com and sign up to become a patron so that I can continue to do all that stuff. That's right. Every dollar you contribute through Patreon keeps me on the road recording shows or burning it up in the race bikes, the dirt bikes, the chopper, the Pan Am, all of it, all of it. You help keep this show on the road and bringing in guests or me going to see guests. So it's really fucking awesome. And uh, I couldn't do it without your help. And to say thanks, 
The fine folks over at Lowbrow who support me on all my endeavors want to support you. So check him out at lowbrowcustoms.com. Every Patreon subscriber will have a chance at winning a $100 gift card every single month. That's right. We've been doing this for over two years now, and we're going to continue to do it. A $100 gift card to lowbrowcustoms.com. Lowbrow Customs is where you can find Lead Sled Customs. You can find Fast Eddie Tool Co. You can find WW Cycles or Cannonball Products like the front end that I just put on this race bike is fucking bitching, and it bolted right up. Billy was concerned that we were going to have to fuck with the steering stops and this and the that and the blah. The motherfucker bolted right up. Kickstart Mike sent me a top clamp, put it on there. We uh, What did we do? We made an axle for it. You know, when I say made, we, you know, we fucking... We found a piece of axle. We fucking stuck it in there. Dude, the front end's badass in the tanks. I don't know. For some reason, I thought we were going to have to fab mounts all over the frame to put the tanks on. I I don't know. I thought the tanks were... I didn't know the tanks were for this frame, but they are, and they're fucking sick. They're so sick, and they bolted right up. So the cannonball shit, I am a firm believer in. So you can find that at lowbrowcustoms.com. Built well. You can find all the good stuff. I, I recently talked to a kid named Marion Motorworks, Marion Metalworks, and he's got some products. You know what's cool about Low Brown, the guys, is they support these small independent manufacturers and, you know, having them on their web. You know, showcasing their products for you to buy is fucking rad in my book. They also have the cheap stuff that, you know, that's hard to get right now because of the fucking supply shortages. You know what? Speaking of supply shortages, I got a call yesterday, uh, you know, MC Shop Tees. We're trying to ship shirts out, right? And each shirt comes with a postcard that tells you about the shop, what they specialize in, and where they're located. And I get a call from the post. No, I call the postcard people. I'm like, hey, my fucking T-shirt people are trying to send shirts out, and there's no postcard. And she was like, oh, my God, I was, I'm so sorry. I wasn't going to call you today. We just been, we've been digging around the shop trying to find car postcard blank, blah, blah, blah. There is a shortage of the kind of postcard that you need. Can you use something else? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Print them on whatever the fuck you got and send those motherfuckers so we can get these shirts in the mail. But that's one thing I did not see coming was a a postcard paper shortage. You know, what the fuck? And I'm sure it was just the one that we specifically use. I told her, she asked me if I was picky about the, you know, the postcard. I was like, I don't give a fuck, you know? Make it like thick paper and send it, dude. We want these motherfuckers to get their T-shirts. But I hope I didn't jump the gun, you know, and now you're going to get like fucking manila paper with the postcard printed on it. Anyways, we'll find out. But yeah, dude, how did I go there? Um, MCShopTees.com, your T-shirt of the month club, the only way to support every local motorcycle shop. That's right. We got women's sizes, men's sizes, kids' sizes. Every single month, a new T-shirt gets shipped to your house with one-off custom artwork that you can only find through MC Shop Tees. It's like uh, it's a T-shirt of the month club. I mean, it literally is a club. When you see somebody else walking around in a shirt that you have as well, you know that he's in MC Shop Tees. It's pretty crazy, but... uh. Super fucking rad. Each month we feature a different shop from around the country. 
and I love showcasing these shops. This shop, this this month's featured shop is Wes from Custom Destruction out in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, you may remember Wes from a podcast called Riders on the Norm. He also has a company where he makes fucking helmets, and he also refurbishes old helmets. He can take that old shitty helmet where everything's falling out of the inside and put new insides in it, and then you can put those insides on your head. It's a beautiful thing. Check him out, customdestruction.com. Next month's featured shop is, dude, this fucking, these crazy dudes out of North Dakota. Dude's building crazy fucking race choppers and shit. Oh, dude, you're going to be stoked. Go sign up, mcshoptees.com, so that you can get a Vitsy Boys t-shirt next month. All right, you're going to hear us talk about uh, Motorcycle Sherpa and our trip to Nepal from a couple years ago. A lot here in a minute. But what I need you to do is go to MotorcycleSherpa.com. Check out all the trips for yourself and just know that I'm going back at the beginning of November. The Stairway to Heaven trip with Danger Dan. We're going back to the Himalayas. It's going to be fucking rad. This has been out of control. 25 minutes going on. Uh, Tim, speaking of MC Shop Tees, was a featured shop a couple years ago with Gigacycle Garage. So I'm just going to stop talking. I'm not even going to do an outro, dude. You've heard enough of me. Here's Tim with Gigacycle Garage. Tim, dude, it's been a long time coming. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How's, how's the weather up in Buffalo, New York right now? Well, actually, I, I live like halfway in between Buffalo and Rochester, New York. Yeah. Uh, they call it Western New York, and uh, we had 26 inches of snow last week. Overnight. Holy sh- overnight. Overnight. Yep. So it's uh, yeah, it was fun going to work that day, but we went, we went to work, and it's just part of part of living here. So. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> yeah, so do you have yeah. like one of those fucking uh, those snow blowers that like you roll down your driveway and it just shoots it up in the air? <laughs> yes. You do? I have, uh, yes. I, I live out in the country, so, you know, cow country. And uh, basically, uh, it's, it's a John Deere tractor. Uh, well, they, it, the farmers call it a lawnmower, but it's, a, it's basically it's a, it's a big a big lawnmower. With, then I put a, a 48-inch uh, snowblower attachment on the front of it, and then that, that, uh, that it clear, clears my driveway out. Even, even when I put that all on, uh, it takes like two hours to change it over from cutting grass so I can do snow. Uh, it still takes me like over an hour to do my driveway. Damn. You know, with, with that much snow in it, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, like I said, I've lived here my whole life, so it's not nothing new. So, and uh, you always have to have one four wheel drive in the family. Absolutely, dude. You got to have four wheel drive. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. What's, absolutely. What's your four wheel drive vehicle? F one fifty. F one fifty. Yeah, the one that's made out of reinforced Pepsi cans, you know, the aluminum one. <laughs> Do you have to like put weight in the back of it, or is it no. just fine? No, it's fine. It it's uh, when I used to drive two wheel drive pickups. Yeah, you'd have to put sandbags, or I used to put concrete, just uh, uh, the forty or the eighty pound concrete bags, and then when it rained on them, they would just form to the bed. Perfect. 
Yeah. So, but since I since I've been having been buy, buying four wheel drives, uh, I don't have that trouble anymore. Gotcha. Yeah. So, what's the big projects this winter? Well, I got a couple of them actually. Um, I got an FXR. Uh, as you know, you know that I uh, I constantly have FXRs. I was going to say this so. is nothing new. No. So I, I I have three or four more. Uh, that are waiting in the wings too, so Holy we're not going to run. Shit. Yeah, we're not going to run out of projects anytime soon, you know. So basically, what, uh, what I got, I got one FXR that's uh, ground up. Uh, I was going to take it to Daytona, but we decided not to go. Um, so just because uh, with manpower at the shop and everything, I decided to stay stay back and work. Gotcha. So in, instead of trying to drum up more work that we're going to run behind on, so that's. Uh, Are you having trouble finding help up there? Like, oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yes, that's uh, COVID just exasperated it. It's uh, you know, we were having a hard time before, and then I lost two guys during COVID. So and we're only a five guy shop. So you know, it's basically fifty percent of our workforce. Damn, so, so how many guys you got working for you right now? Uh, there's two of us, three of us. Damn, so you plus two others. Yeah, and I got a, I, I haven't worked out on the floor in probably 10 years, and I'm actually out cranking handles and running machines again. So, <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it, it, it's good news, bad news kind of deal. You I was know? fixing to say, I mean, that's why you got into this, right, was to do that. So Yeah, yeah. I, yes, I can do it, but I can't build my business when I'm actually the guy doing the work. No, nobody tells you that when you're starting yeah. a business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I can't be the traffic cop and, and looking forward to the future when I'm worried about today. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's that's the downside. But you know, uh, this this month is our 16th anniversary. So Damn. It's, uh, yeah. You know, and uh, I worked for 22 years for somebody else, and uh, yeah, I've been on my own for 16. So I guess something to be said for that. That's but, that but, is fucking awesome. Congratulations, Tim. Yeah. Th- thank you. Thank you. You know, I, I don't know if it's congratulations or condol- condolences, but you know, it's uh, no. That, I'm that congratulating you. That's awesome. Yeah, no, 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 but but we survived. You know, yeah. it's not like I was getting rich, but you know, we survived. <laughs> you know, that's how that's how it goes. I so mean, uh, in the motorcycle industry, there's a lot to be said about that. Oh yeah. Well, you know, we we do quite a bit. Of, other than motorcycles, I've been working towards getting to be a hundred percent motorcycles, but we're only probably right now we're probably seventy percent motorcycles, and uh, we indu- we do industrial uh, work. Uh, actually, I'm a, a mechanical engineer by schooling and uh, um, a mold maker uh, by trade. And uh, what we what the the business was what it started out as is we built plastic injection molds for uh, you know many industries you know whether it's automotive, uh, medical device, uh, firearms, consumer goods, things like that. That's right. So, you got a what is it a GM factory up there? 
Well, there's a few of them, yeah. yeah. General Motors, uh, which is Delphi Automotive, which used to be Rochester Products, which made the makes all the fuel injections for General Motors. That's right. You know, yeah, it, you know the, the Rochester carburetors and everything. Yeah, that's that's where all that came from. And then then we got, uh, you know, in Buffalo we got the Tanawana engine plant, and they they build all the all the V8s and everything for all the the GM trucks and uh, Corvettes and things like that. So it's uh, yeah, There's a lot of GM here. So and I drive Fords. <laughs> so we'll, if we discuss that. Uh, yeah. Before we get too much further, I, I want to thank you uh, for spearheading the Nepal trip a couple of years ago that I got to go on. You know, you and Bear. Uh, that was awesome. That was really fucking awesome. The group of people that were on that trip was, you know, I've made lifelong friends because of that trip. Well, that that trip was, you know, for me, uh, I wanted to do something, you know, Bear was, was, uh, putting these trips together and, you know, and he talked all kinds of, you know, about the wondrous things of this trip. And I said to myself, I said, that sounds something that I'd want to do, you know? So, and I'm thinking to myself, I says, how about I get a group of my friends to come with me and then, uh, and then we'll go and, uh, we'll, we'll see, see how it is. Yeah. Experience and, all these things bear's been telling you about. Yeah, exactly. So I figured, what's the what's the best way to do that? Is well, we we ended up with like seventeen people, seventeen or eighteen people that that committed, you know, per se, you know, and then 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 you know how things go, you know. Well, I can't go because my wife says that I can't spend the money, or I can't go because you know my dog's birthday's that week and I didn't realize it, or I can't go because I'm chicken, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's how it went, right? That's, Something like that. that's exactly how it went. Yep, yep. So and and I, I, you know, I met you, uh, you know, before then, but you know, I didn't know you by any, you know, by any stretch, but you know, just other than conversations, you know, for a couple hours, but you know, things like that. But as you say, you know, two weeks in a foreign country riding motorcycles makes lifelong friends. So that's that's a fact. That you is know, a fact. Yes, you, 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 it separates the men from the boys and the guys, you know, you, you talk about the camaraderie, like with military and stuff like that. That's, that's sort of what we had, you know, for a, for a shorter period of time. Cause we never left each other's side for, you know, two weeks straight. We didn't, it was, man, it was really amazing. And, uh, you know, I've been trying to put together a trip for later this year. And man, the fucking, the COVID approach that the, the, the fucking travel industry is taken is not conducive to getting people to get out of their comfort zone. You know, this is like, it's a, it's a big trip when there isn't lingering. Uh, it, it, it's just a little different now, you know? Yeah. I, I think it, it was, all, the, I think that, I don't know what the deal is, but it's like everything is stacked against you that they don't want you to leave the country. 
Yeah. And for, for whatever reason, I, like the propaganda, you know, Mexico's dangerous, you know, overseas, you might get, you know, a bomb threat in Paris or, you know, Lo- London's got pickpockets, you know, the, the, the game, it runs whatever. Yeah. And none of, none of these things are like false, you know, it's like, no, no, but shit, I can, I can go to New York city and experience them all within a, a three mile radius, <laughs> you know, in reality, you know, but they don't tell you to stay out of New York. No, no, they don't. Everybody loves the big apple. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so that's, yeah, like you said, it, it's not that, you know, no news is good news and, you know, and they only repat, report the bad news. You well, know, it's so. like one of those, uh, I heard an expression recently. It's like, if you throw a, if like, if you have a big, pretty salad, right? And you throw a cockroach on there, it ruins the salad. But if you have like a fucking giant pile of shit, and you throw a Snickers on there, it doesn't make the pile of shit a big piece of chocolate, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I heard a similar thing like that. You can sing a thousand songs and never be a singer. You suck one cock, you're a cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. That's, that's another way of putting it right there. <laughs> absolutely absolutely well, yeah so i'm looking forward to going back to nepal i'm gonna miss everybody that was on the last trip but i look forward to growing and having you know experiencing uh or you know creating more lifelong friends through the experience that the road will have in nepal you know it's funny is that as i just uh i ordered a bunch of uh Prince from Michael Lichtner from that trip. Yeah. And, and I just framed them last night. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and I got a, a handwritten note from Michael, you know, talking about, you know, when he was print, printing out the prints and, you know, thinking about the memories of the trip and so on and so forth. And, you know, and, and I, I stuck that, tucked that in, in behind on the frame, you know, the, awesome. the custom, you know, the custom note from Michael. So that's uh, yeah. I was I was thinking about that the other day. You know, as Bear said, if there there was a lot of big personalities all on that trip together, and everybody got along. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so no nobody was really uh, you know circumventing or trying to steal anybody's thunder or not working together or anything like that. You know, so that's uh, yeah, and uh, it amazes me how, uh, how how many times have you told the story about when you get off of the plane and you have to get on the bus to go to the terminal? What bus? The the bus. Didn't you have to do that? You get off. You get off of the plane. You disembark off the plane, the jet on the tarmac, right? And then they they load you onto the bus to drive you around the corner. That it had to be like thirty five feet away from where the plane was sitting. I know we walked. Oh, they, they they let you walk? Yeah. Oh, when we came in, I came in on this big jet from because uh, we flew in from uh, Qatar, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. All right. So we're on this big ass jet. The the jet is bigger than the airport. All right. And then they're they're sitting on the tarmac, you know, and they they roll the steps up that it's on the truck, you know, and then you you walk down onto the thing, and they're following everybody. They got like people standing there, so you got to get on this bus, right? And then the bus, and and I started walking towards the terminal, and the guy corrals me. He says, "You got to get on the bus." I says, "All right." I hop on the bus. I'm thinking we're going to go down and around, or down down the runway or some shit. And then we just run around the corner of the building where I was standing. And then the bus stops. (laughs) 
that, to, that I had to get off and disembark to go into the into the terminal. I was almost standing at the at the part when they corralled me back to get on the bus where where, uh, where they dropped me off. I, yeah, no, I don't I have no explanation for that. Job security. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they didn't want to yeah. lose that job. Driving yeah, that bus thirty five foot. Yeah, all I was thinking is they they didn't want, you know, the bus was in the way, like, to go around the building so you didn't have to go out through customs or something. I That's all I could think. And then, and how about when you, after you go through customs, then you had to walk back into the airport to go get your luggage, and they just waved you through? Yep, that's right. I do remember that. <laughs> Look, after you go through the, all the security checkpoints and stuff like that, and then they just wave you through, okay, you can come get your bag. I, I said, what is this? <laughs> it's like backwards. It was, you know, it, that was, I've, I've, I hadn't put much thought into that airport in Kathmandu in a long time. <laughs> you know, and I yeah. imagine that the COVID protocol is going to be about the same, you know, where it's like, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know, you know, any piece of paper will do, you know, or the yeah, we're all pretty much. All I need is the thirty-five dollars to pay the pay the entry fee. Yeah, that's all they were looking for, and then they'd stamp your passport. Bing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it'll, it'll I was, interesting. I, I, I was thinking about this. I saw you three or four times this in the past twelve months, and every one of them wasn't in my home state or your home state. Yeah. Well, I mean, have you ever seen me in my home state? No, I've I, never, I haven't been to Texas in years. I haven't been to New York in probably 12 or 15. Yeah. So, But I was up there close to you when I was there. I was in uh, Munsville. Uh, well, that's, that's the other end of the state. Oh, it's the other end. Yeah, that's, that's closer to like Syracuse. Gotcha. Yep, yep. Syracuse is like, they, that's, they call that the central area we're western we're basically like uh we're closer to canada i'm from my door to niagara falls is like uh 40 miles niagara falls do you remember that guy i had on the show that lived in brazil that was from niagara falls no i don't remember this guy oh man he did not have much good to say about niagara falls oh no oh, the, niagara falls usa or, or canada usa oh yeah it's a shithole yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. It's 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 the armpit of basically of Buffalo. It's it's a city all by itself, but it's yeah. It, it's it was like industrial, like through the forties and fifties, and then it uh, um, it what do you call it? Then it just basically in the seventies and when I was a kid, it was just a shithole. You'd be driving through the ghetto to get to the Rainbow Bridge to where the falls actually are. Oh wow. Oh yeah. Yeah, that that that's a fact. Yeah, so. Well, we got yeah. to do a pretty fucking sweet project together once we got back from Nepal when uh when I put that uh what do you call it the the dirt bike sportster together. Yes, yes, absolutely, and 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 obviously that sportster fared better than the one that hit it. Oh yeah, it did fare better than the one that hit it. Uh, I saw a photo of that bike not too long ago, the one that hit it. Have you ever seen that photo? Yeah, Unk's bike, dude. Oh my god! I'm surprised that guy. Either one of those guys isn't dead. <laughs> well, Cliff, you know, Cliff's just a fucking unicorn. There's nothing, nobody like Cliff. 
And Unk's pretty pretty much the same. You know, Unk, uh, he's a big dude. He's probably pretty hard to hurt. But uh, yeah. the bike the bike did not make it. No. And uh, did, did uh, Flynn ever show you the footage of, the, of, that, of the, that crash? The drone footage? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. That, so the, Flynn's the one that took the drone footage? Yeah, Flynn's got the drone footage, yes. Yeah, pretty wild shit. I, I mean, I'm just so glad that that bike didn't just fucking smack Cliff right in the face. Oh, my God. Yeah. I yeah, think it look- did hit him in the head, but it didn't smack him in the face, per se. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the desert's so big, and then they come together. Yeah. Well, that's, that's racing, dude. You yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm looking at that Sportster right now. It's a... Uh, Dude, it'll fire up and go anywhere, dude. It's a tough son of a bitch. Well, you rode that for like a whole season, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I rode it up to Sturgis, all around Arkansas, uh, New Mexico, Colorado, a bunch of off-road. I mean, it's got full-on knobbies on it right now. I competed out in Post, Texas, and uh, raced a hare and hound and completed that race in the desert. How, how was it? How was it compared to your... You know, obviously the Pan America is very much refined, but how is it like the ride off road difference wise? Um, well, the Pan America, everything's in the right spot. You know, yeah, like the foot as... controls. The bars here are, well, the bars are great when I'm sitting down, but it's not comfortable when you're sitting down and going through the ship. But, uh, you know, I never moved the foot controls on the Sportster. Oh, I mean, stack location. Yeah, I mean, I put some foot controls back that I can stand, like some foot pegs I can stand on, but the actual controls I didn't move with it. So, when you're riding with your feet where they where it feels comfortable, you don't have access to a front brake or shifting gears. Oh, I see. So, but I mean, honestly, that Sportster does great in the dirt, and you know, the more seat time I got on it, the more comfortable it got, and. uh it you know it it's it's surprisingly uh i mean it just it really works well like shockingly enough you can jump it it can handle fucked up rock sections uh you know the one of the things i wish i would have done and it, i mean i think you tried to talk me into it and Derek from uh the guy that redid the fork tubes oh yep yep was the steering dampener the yeah, and I, and, I, and, and I had to go out of my way to cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck. I wish I would have gone with that, dude. Yeah, uh, I, I've, I, I've built a couple more, uh, a few more of those with the same deal. Th- those are those are based off of the Friholi, yeah, uh, original design that we did the Billwell or the or the Billwell Friholi that we did the the Nora. Baja 1000 with. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about that the other day because uh, I was sitting, we were sitting at a, a picnic table or whatever in in uh, San Felipe, and Bill Bill says, he says, yeah, he says, I want to build this, I want to build a Sportster to do the Nora 1000. And I think it was like the second year that, that they brought the Nora back or something like that, second yeah. or third year. Uh, and they call you know, it's the, it's the race, you know, because the score 1,000, you know, it's like the old-time one that, uh, 
you know, it's, it's aggregate time, you know, start to end, you yeah. know, from Ensenada to, to La Paz, you know, nonstop. Whereas this is the, the Nora is more set up like a, a stage sections, like a rally, a, a daily rally. And then, you know, if, if you, if you don't make it in the time, you only lose that day, yeah. you know, and then you have all night to work on the bike to get ready for the next one. That's correct. That's correct. And, and it's over, I think it was five days of actual racing. We were down, we were in Baja for a little over a week. Uh, between the beginning and the, you know, we're there for a couple of days at the beginning for tech inspection and all that kind of shit. And then the, the pre-party and the, um, what else was there? You know, they have the show, you know, I, that the pageantry and stuff like when they got all the, all the race prep cars and the, the buggies and the trucks and everything. I, I, some, I think I like that almost as much as the racing, you know? <laughs> Yeah, because for me, me from being from New York, you know, you don't see that kind of shit ever. And no. all I ever did was read about, you know, uh, like Rod Hall and stuff when I was a kid, you know, racing the Baja 1000. And, you know, I used to have this little slot car was was the uh, Parnelli Jones Bronco with, uh, with the wing on the roof and everything else, you know, wow. stuff, stuff like that. And that that's where all that shit came from. And, you know, and me actually to experience it firsthand, you know, was, uh, for me, it was, I don't say it like a dream come true, but it was one of the things on my bucket list that I yeah. wanted to do. Kind of yeah. surreal being down there and seeing it all, you know, cause that place is, uh, it's fucking dreamy. The Baja, the desert out there, it's, it's, uh, I hate to call it an oasis cause it's obviously not that, but it's a, I don't know. It's a dreamy place, man. It's a well, moonscape it's, out there. And then you've yeah. got those fucking high-end trophy trucks and buggies and, you know, the amount you can, you know, having your background, you know how much work goes into each one of those. Oh, yeah, they're, absolutely. They're all a piece of art, and uh, it's pretty and you know, fucking you know, awesome. You know what the prize money is? What? Nothing. <laughs> a trophy that you got to buy yourself. You got to buy the trophy. You got to you got to buy the trophies yourself. Yes. So it's all part of like the, the entry fee and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. Yep. 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 It's it's basically just for the bragging rights and you know and and you know you were talking about like with the the mint four hundred you know maybe advertising or you know uh, the proofing things you know proof of concept or yeah you know. Well, I mean, it takes a lot to put one of those on for somebody to organize an event like that that you can go be a part of. Uh, you know, that's why people show up. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and back to seeing all that stuff, like the pageantry of it, being at the Mint and being a part of the parade with all those vehicles going down the strip. Oh, man, it's just fucking cool, dude. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It 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 feels like a bigger, a big event that you're part of. Well, you yeah. are, you know, yeah, especially yeah. the yeah, Nora yeah. down there in the Baja. Yes. Well, Ensenada, you've been to Ensenada yeah. uh, before, right? Yeah. Well, it, it's all like that big ass flag, you know that that they show on all the 
you know, the start of the Baja 1000 and stuff like that. that yeah. It starts at the same place. And then you race through the city, the city of Ensenada, you know, for like 10 miles before you get out into the desert. And then you just, you just haul ass. And the first part of the desert is all mountains, you know, until you get down, you know, down by San Felipe. Then it starts to get flattened out and, and things like that. So Yeah, and then it flattens out. And then once you get even further south, there's more mountains. Yes, yep, yep. Yeah, Bajas, Bajas South or what a Sorte or whatever it's called there. Yeah, Norte and Sorte. So, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize there was Bajas South and North until I actually had to cross the border and pay a toll yeah. to, to, to some kid sitting in a chair. <laughs> we just blew past all those motherfuckers on the choppers last time. Oh, on your, on your way up? Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. It, yeah, and, and there's nobody around. You're out in the middle of nowhere, too. Yeah, that kid, yeah. you know, sometimes he's working, sometimes he ain't. Yeah, yeah. And they, they, they just wanted to, like, they, they, they had a hose, and they were just sort of hosing the, the, the race vehicles off, the chase vehicles. And I said, well, I said, so what are they doing? They said, well, they're acting like that they're, they're washing, like, things off, you know, that can contaminate South Baja from North Baja. Yeah. He says, it's just, <laughs> it's just a reason to shake you down. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> well have you uh have you been a part of any other race efforts uh since then i mean not 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 since then uh obviously you know i've been in the racing and in everything i i've crewed for drag teams i've drag raced myself really Stock, oh yeah i guess Stock. that's the big thing up there huh is drag racing well any yeah drag racing motocross is huge here you know you would you wouldn't think so but it, it's it's big here uh, the the motocross racing. Really? Yeah, is, is there a supercross race up there? The the closest one was uh, the supercross was either in Toronto, Ontario, because uh, Toronto from here is about an hour and a half. Uh, or we used to go to uh, 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 when it was at the in Detroit. We used to we used to go. It was for a while. It was at the Pontiac Silverdome, gotcha. but that's closed now. But you know now it's Ford Field. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if they still have it there or not, you know, with, with COVID and everything, everything's all wacky. They, 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 they have six at, in, uh, California. All six in the they, same. They're like all in Southern California, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's the, that's where, it, that's where it originated. So that makes sense. Well, and they sell, I think somebody was telling me that they sell like more units in Southern California than they do in the rest of the country. That, that, I absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's just a, that's a staggering number to think yeah. about. All the dirt bikes all over the country, they still sell more just in Southern California. Yeah, but we got Unadilla. You got I don't know if you're what? Good. Unadilla. What is that, like a the, fucking... Racetrack. Oh, Unadilla's a racetrack. Sounds like yeah. some kind of fucking handicap armadillo. No, Unadilla's a racetrack, and that's where the the U.S. round of the of the Grand Prix series was for years. And uh, when, I, when I saw Bob Hurricane Hannah race there, you know Marty Smith, I saw race there. You know all these legendary motocross guys I saw oh, race at Unadilla. Yep, Damon Bradshaw. You know, you know Ron Lachine. You know all these guys. Yeah. So you've been up, up there with, your whole life. Oh yeah, I, I, I was born a racer. Nice. Yep, yep. You know, anybody that's in the in the motocross, you know, they all know who Unadilla is. You know, that's 
it, it when they first uh, the way it used to be, it's not like that anymore. It, it was all natural, and it was uh, it's all these hills this terrain and all natural jumps and everything on it they had this one one jump was called a gravity cavity where you know you you jump into it and you jump out of it and then the gravity cavity yep and then another one is called screw you and uh it goes down this this hill that's like 45 degrees you go down this hill and then you go into the woods and then right at the bottom of of in the woods, it's a U-turn to come back up the same 45-degree hill you just went down. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did, so uh, did you ever get into riding dirt bikes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all I did when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I did when I was a kid. That's all I did when I was a kid. Yeah, awesome. I, was, I wasn't always fan old. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, didn't, I haven't known you since then, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, awesome. When I when I was when I was a kid, yeah, like summer vacation or whatever, you know, if the snow would melt, we would ride through the snow too. But you know, we would uh, we just burn gas tank after gas tank after gas tank out of the bikes. That's just, awesome. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I had an XR seventy five when I was like ten years old, and uh, oh yeah, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I I think about that now. I felt sorry for that bike. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel sorry for that bike if you got one now, dude. Oh, oh yeah, no, I, I just, I just rolled the wheels off of that thing. Yeah, just, uh, and I, my the old man would go get me like, uh, you know, like two or three gallons of gas, and then you know he'd come home from work like a day later, and I says, Dad, I need some more gas. He says, Where would the gas go? I just got you. I says, It's all gone. And then, gone. But, yeah, then I'd suck it out of the cars and the lawnmowers and everything else. Yeah, it's just the. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. You you haven't grown up uh, unless you've had gas in your mouth and swallow it and burp burp gas fumes for days. You know. Oh yeah, it does linger, doesn't it? Once you like, sure does. once you swallow some of it, it doesn't just go away. Like it's no. No, yeah, oh, it's like you, could, you it's like you got dragon breath for for whatever, yeah, flammable breath. Last time yeah. I got a big old mouthful of gas, I fucking spit it out all over the gold wing I was sucking it out of. <laughs> yeah. yeah, now now I got a little bit smarter how to do it without having to suck on the hose, but you know, then I then I was too dumb. I didn't I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> well, I don't even know that trick. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, but yeah, no. So, and and in the winter we rode snowmobiles. So not the shit like we got now. These things were like basically they were like uh, lawnmowers with with tracks and skis on them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Dude, the yeah. fucking snowmobiles now they've all got like fucking. I mean, just like the side by sides, they've all got turbos on them, one thousand cc. Dude, it's fucking insane. Yeah, I had I had a, like a what they called a powerful one at the time. It was a Rupp Nitro 440, and it was 40 horse. It was a Rupp, like the mini yep. bike Rupp. Yep, yep, same one. I had one of them too. Oh, that's yep. awesome. Yeah, yeah, Rupp, Rupp Black Widow. I had when I was a kid. Yep, the thing was basically just two two wheels and a motor, sort of like the choppers are nowadays. Yeah, pretty much, dude. Yep, 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 exactly. Yeah, no, it, I've been at this game a little while. So that's, that's awesome. Uh, well, uh, so 
what were you doing before you started uh, the company you have now? Uh, I was a, I'm a, I'm a toolmaker by trade. Uh, I was a, a mold maker, and I worked for somebody for uh, basically 22 years. Not the same somebody, but you know, I worked worked in a shop. Gotcha. Yeah. And, but you were doing the same kind of work, kind of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still do the same kind of work, basically. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And when I when I, I went to trade school, then I went to college. And uh, I did a, did a four year apprenticeship. Wow, you went to and, trade school first. Yes. Yep. And then then OJT on the job training. You know that was, you know stuff like that. Started started working out in the shop for four bucks an hour, fifty five hours a week. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. You my learn. Gosh. Yeah, you learn how to work. Absolutely, not learn how to work. Yep. So then you know, <clears throat> so that's sort of you know four bucks an hour. You know so. Some of the other guys, I, I remember my buddies when I was a kid, uh, would, uh, he wanted me to go work at Coca-Cola, you know, driving a truck for Coca-Cola. You know, he's making like 16, 18 bucks an hour, and I'm making four bucks an hour, you know, working in a shop. So, you know, but, you know, now I own my own shop and everything. And, I was going to say, but he, you were learning skills. I mean, almost anybody can drive it. Well, I don't want to discredit. Uh, yeah. I don't want to yeah. discredit truck drivers. Not at this right. point in time, you know. No, no, no. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But the, the skill, the skill set is different than you need to to do what I do. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'll, I'll, I agree with that. So, but at any rate, yeah. So then, after I worked in the shop, and then, uh, then all of a sudden, I was running the shop. You know, and then, uh, you know, then they put me, you know, since I had a, an uh, engineering uh, schooling, then and I had the trade, you know, out on the floor, and then they put me in engineering, and I was project manager and, uh, you know, stuff for a, a lot of projects. What kind of projects were you working on back then? Well, we we always did plastic injection molds. And, like, say, uh, like say for instance, one of the last projects I worked on, was I did the cooling module for the H three V eight. That was one of the last ones I, I worked like on. Like the Hum V three yep. V eight. V eight. V eight. It's a and and they killed they killed Hummer uh shortly afterwards, you know, like in two thousand eight when GM went through uh the whole downsizing when they killed Saturn and in uh when, Pontiac at the same time. When everybody went through some downsizing in two thousand eight. Yep, yep. So yeah, the there was one year only was the uh it was supposed to be, you know, then you know, continue on, but it ended up only being one year only, two thousand seven. Uh two thousand seven, maybe first part of two thousand eight, that you could get a, a I think it was a five three in a H three. Wow. So yeah, so uh, you know that 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 was my last project. I, I did the I did the fan and the shroud and uh, ancillary parts. You know that went along with it, stuff like that. So the you know part parts that attach to radiator and things like that. So when now when you, explain this to me and anybody else that doesn't know injection molding. So you're you're building or you're designing what they use to cast because I don't know a better word, the plastic into the shapes of the parts that we need. Correct. Yeah, there, there's, there's a bunch of different ways. Most, most parts that you have that have any kind of three-dimensional shape are injection molded. Yeah. Okay, you know, and then there's, uh, 
there's, you know, vacuum forming. That would be like a lot of packaging. You know, bottles are, are blow molded. Okay. You know, you know, and, and things like that. So anything that's like has a three dimensional shape and it's it actually like gets screwed into something or attached to something is in, usually injection molded. So it's uh, in in a in a so a lot older, of like you're doing like a lot of reverse engineering. Like this uh, is the well, part you got to figure out everything around that part. Well, yeah. Well, yes, yes. Nowadays, it's 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 a lot easier than it used to be because it's all CAD. But uh, what they draw in, in solid modeling, you know, SolidWorks, UG, Unigraphics, Pro they, e. Is the SolidWorks even around anymore? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Solid, SolidWorks is probably they're not the most high end. They're like the put it this way: the, as far as CAD software, they're probably like the Chevrolet. <laughs> that, that, that's probably you know it, it's it's. It's a prominent. It's a prominent name, but it's not the best in the game. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, like Unigraphics. For for I used to do a lot of work for Eastman Kodak because the, they're right here in Rochester, also. Yeah. And and uh, and uh, <clears throat> they use uh, what a Boeing software, which was called Unigraphics. That's what they did the like the seven forty sevens with and stuff like that. And. Uh, and they they adopted it to like all of their stuff, to their their cameras and everything that we do. Remember the throwaway cameras, the thirty five millimeters that you used to buy, like at the at the uh, drugstore. Drugstore, yep. Yep, yep. And then you you would just take the whole camera and send it in for processing. Oh yeah. That uh yeah we used to build all the plastic parts for those, build the molds for all the plastic parts for those. Wow. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of, you know you wouldn't think about it, but all the like the the lenses are all plastic, the body's plastic. The, I mean, the whole fucking the, thing's plastic, dude. Yeah, the, when, when you when you advance the film, the winder, you know, the thing that your thumb moves is all plastic, and each one is an, an individual part. And they sold millions and millions of those things, and we we'd have like sixteen cavity molds, eighteen, ca- you know, uh, like six. 16 cavity molds making those wheels for your thumb to advance the film. So you would make them, not just design them, but you would design the mold and then make the piece as well. We would build the, we'd build the tooling and then it depended if we got the contract to run the parts off or not. You know, sometimes it would get shipped someplace else uh, and they would run the parts off or it would go right into Kodak plant itself and they would run it themselves. Gotcha. Stuff, stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and, and the high volume. That's one thing that Kodak was really good at is doing a lot of high volume, like millions and millions of parts a year of of things. <laughs> you know, and that they spent a lot of money on these things. So, and it, it's almost a shame that the company is basically gone now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Kodak's more like a. Hell, I don't know. I don't see Kodak anywhere. Not in well, motion, motion picture is basically all they do now. Is it? Yeah. And they invented the digital camera, too. Well, they surely they're making money off that. No, they didn't. They, they let the patents expire. What? Yeah. Because, because the thought at the time, you know, this is hearsay, but the thought at the time was is they... Uh, would um they would decimate their film sales 
because they were the largest producer of 35 millimeter millimeter film in the world. So if it went digital, it'll go away. Yeah. So you keep the patent to make well, to keep it, other people from using it. Well, patent goes away after 10 years. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So they just didn't take advantage of it early no. on enough. No, no. Wow. And then, then they started the, developing high-end digital cameras for the news agencies, you know, uh, API, you know, any of the newspapers and stuff like that. And obviously they didn't see the handwriting on the wall with that one, that the news agencies are going away with digital cameras and stuff because they're not printing anything anymore. You know, it's all digital online that you can take with a regular 35 millimeter. <laughs> well, people, yeah, nobody really believed that the Internet was going to work as good as it did. No. There was, no. a, there was a lot of naysayers early on. And, you know, I wasn't old enough to really have a, a comprehensive opinion of the matter. But, uh, you know. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause for a second. You just stay on the line. I just need to put some batteries in this thing. I'm not going to lose them again, and it's getting close. Back on it. Back on it. Well, you're not, but now, now, now you are. Um, well, that's, that's very interesting. Seemed like uh, last time I talked about Kodak on the show was when me and Lichter were talking about Kodachrome. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Kodachrome, Kodacolor. I think what's interesting about, uh, you know, like music and photography and stuff is the way that those industries have had to change because of the Internet, right? And how some of the other industries are going through those same changes, but there's a little bit more resistance or it's not quite as obvious that they're taking well, those changes? Well, how about, you know, like right now, it's the electric car or the electric vehicle. And uh, in my opinion, we're, we're at the end of internal combustion engine development. Uh, this is just my opinion. I don't think they're going to develop any, them anymore. They are what they are. Yeah. As far and, as commercially. Well, yeah. As, as far as... You know, like the, the the big three, you know, uh, OEMs, they're not going to develop any more gas-powered vehicles going forward. Now, they'll continue to build them, you know, but their, their R&D is going to be put into electric. Gotcha. I see what you're yeah. saying. So, like, you know, when they're thinking 15 years in advance, they're not yeah. like, what kind of gas-powered motor are we going to have then? It's like... They're just not, they're looking other directions. Yeah, it's sort of like the two-stroke dirt bike. You know, development stopped on that around 2000. You know, and so because they started developing all the four-stroke dirt bikes, yeah. you know, motocross bikes. Yeah. So so basically, even though you can still buy a Yamaha, I think YZ250, and I think you might be able to buy a Honda. I'm not exactly sure. No, you, you can buy everything makes a two-stroke again now. Oh, uh, do they? Well, okay, well, uh, okay. Now I don't know about everything, but I know that like Sherco, KTM, Yamaha. Well, yeah, but those, those are the the big Japanese ones. They yeah, KTM never stopped. You know, they've always built them. But 
you know, the, the, the basically, if you buy a YZ250 right now, it's a 2002 YZ250 with a, a, maybe a different frame on it. You know, the, yeah. the motor development was hasn't really progressed since that period in time. So I, me and my buddy were riding yesterday, and he just bought a 2022 YZ250FX. It's a four-stroke. Right. Uh, and this really doesn't have anything to do with two-strokes. But we got fucking shot at, dude. I didn't even know it. But we, like, rode on somebody's property, and they fucking fired a gun at us, dude. I don't know shotgun or what, but uh, it was a pretty elevated moment, dude. My buddy was fucking pissed, dude. He was ready to go over there and blast those motherfuckers with his pistol. Oh, absolutely. And I'm like, all right, I get it. I understand. But we're like, we were on their property. He's like... Well, the fucking dirt bike, there's a road from the authorized dirt bike park that goes onto their property. Like, there should be a fucking fence or a sign or something. Uh, I'm like, well, uh, you know, I agree, but, uh, you know, killing these motherfuckers on their own property isn't going to be good for us, you know? (laughs) This is still Texas, and I believe they were within their rights. Absolutely. As fucked up as it may be, and it's not like the first time we've been shot at on motorcycles before. No. You know? Me and no. him go back. We used to fucking terrorize the streets of Fort Worth on pit bikes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there were different guys shooting at you then. Yeah, well, you know. We, yeah, it was the gangbangers. We, we might have deserved it more then than now, but. Yeah. <laughs> on the electric, you know, the electric No, that's interesting, and I feel like, uh, you know, you're probably deeper within or closer to the R&D of those companies than anybody I know of uh, working with some of the bigger, you know, manufacturers. Uh, And it's an interesting thought. I haven't, you know, I know that things are going that direction. You know, there's states like California that have said, no more gas-powered vehicle sales or new vehicle sales, you know, what, 2025 or 2025 yeah, well, yeah. or whenever. Something ridiculous in reality, but, yeah. you you got to draw a line in the sand and then ask for extensions. You yeah. know, I, I think that's all they're doing at this point in time. Yeah, they're just trying to, <clears throat> trying to use their influence to push manufacturers to go that direction. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, I... Which, which is that's the only way anything anybody's going to get anything done. Because why would they spend all the money to do all this extra R and D when they can make a perfectly viable product with the R and D they already had? Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, I feel like uh, you know, it sounds like a more effective way to burn the coal instead of doing it individually <laughs> in all these different vehicles. You do it. At, you do it at one place. You know. <laughs> And then you distribute that energy in little boxes or via yeah. a wire. Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, yeah, that's 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 funny that how you how you put that. Absolutely, yeah. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but with uh, in my I, opinion, and obviously there's other variables like you know the batteries themselves. You know how you know long term. You know sure. what the exact. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, there's other things involved, but I can see, yeah. 
I can yeah, understand the thought process there. Yeah, they're, they're not the, the cars are especially like Teslas and stuff aren't down on power at all. You know, you know they, they got the equivalent of like a 450 horsepower. You know, like in their standard car. Yeah, and things. <laughs> and then they got that uh, that plaid. You know that uh, I don't know, it's Model X plaid or whatever it is. I don't know. Things. It's all wheel drive. And uh, do, do you see this thing on? Uh, do 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 you follow uh, Ken Black and the Hoonigan on Instagram? At I all? I do, but well, they they raced. Did you see how they got the the Hoonicorn racing this and racing that or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, they had. I don't know if he. I don't know if a plaid raced the Hoonicorn, but uh, uh, it raced something something else like a Lamborghini or some shit. And the plaid, a four door sedan with four guys in it, waxed the Lamborghini. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, they're not down on power at all. No, so. they're definitely not. I mean, uh, my buddy Carlos works for a company called Canoe, uh, the kid I race with at the Mint. Right. And that's an electric car company. And, you know, sorry if I wasn't supposed to say this, Carlos, but he sent me the picture of a fucking uh, a bicycle they have that they're making for the military that goes like 90 miles an hour, dude. Oh, Jesus. I mean, it's a fucking... I mean, it looks like a bicycle with a small battery pack. Yeah. I, I think, uh, did you, um, uh, Tesla has a plant in Texas, right? Dude, uh, they have a fucking massive plant, dude. Is that where the battery plant is, is in Texas? I don't know about the battery. No, I think this is where they're going to build the trucks. You know, they're moving right, to right. truck country to build trucks, kind of like Toyota oh. did. Well, they, you know, well, that would make sense. So, and uh, I saw it today on Instagram, Joe Rogan's post. Did you see he was showing the, the that truck, the space moon truck there? Yeah, that thing looks fucking bad, dude. Yeah, yeah he was saying this thing actually looks better in real life than it does in the pictures. You know, it was like in a parking garage. What's funny so, is the pictures he posted are obviously ones that he took because they sucked. <laughs> right, exactly. And then somebody posted in the comments, he says, I wonder if you can listen to Neil Young on the radio. <laughs> Oh fuck! <laughs> How funny is that? Neil Young's like, just pull, just take me off of Spotify. That's yeah, essentially okay. that's what he said. Just take me off because I can't be on the same platform as Joe Rogan. Well, not for nothing. They they from what I understand is they they sought Joe Rogan out. You know, Spotify did. Oh know? yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you know, that's not what Neil Young said, but they're you know, and I don't know exactly how. Rogan's uh, advertising modeling goes, but the way it seems to me is if, you know, looking at this from the outside, you know, before he was doing all his own ads, selling the ads and, uh, you know, and then putting his show out on all the platforms that people could listen to Spotify. I what the way it looks like Spotify was like, Hey, how about we just give you a fuck ton of money up front and then we'll take over the ad department. I, I, I heard a number, $100 million. Yeah, 100 plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You know, I, what, what that includes, I don't know. But, yeah, obviously, what do you call it? It, it, was, it was less money than the revenue they were pulling from Neil Young. They didn't, they didn't approach Neil Young and say, hey, we'll give you $100 million if we can exclusively sell your music. Right. Or stream <laughs> it. They're not even selling it. Yeah. <laughs> This whole fucking atmosphere is just insane. You know, the whole yeah. streaming, especially well, podcast. I mean, it's all well, fucking crazy. How about crazy. The, the, those new things 
don't understand them, but like you, the avatars that they sell, they're, they're called something. NFTs. Yeah, yeah. I'm like that, I, I, I can't even grasp the concept behind that one. Yeah, I can, and I've heard it explained a couple of different ways. Uh, how they're, you know... But, and there's how do you a bunch monetize of, them? That, that's the part that I don't understand. So... You know, there's there's different ways. So you're essentially buying stock in an idea, a virtual idea or, you know, piece of art. Okay. That could gain value over time. Like, say, you got the Nike swoosh. Let's, let's say that's an NFT. Yeah. So, yeah, you buy into the Nike swoosh. They, uh, fuck, see, now I'm already confused. Yeah, that, that's what I said. If you're alone with it, why wouldn't you just make your own? And that, that's the part that I'm. Well, that it's, I it's don't almost understand. like crowdfunding, crowdsourcing. Like, yeah. so there's another podcast that I'm I try and follow because I feel like they're doing some some new wild things, and it's called the Full Sin Podcast. And uh, you know they have some fucking big time celebrities on there, uh, a lot around like MMA fighting music uh they had ice cube on there apparently he's got some kind of well, he's got that, that, that bas- basketball league that was that was on uh but you the know they two or whatever it was yeah they they uh released an nft and you're like pretty much buying stock into what they're creating and they're gonna they're gonna do all sorts of shit you know with the money that they generated from selling the nft which makes each person's and I think they sent out like physical cards, or maybe it's just a digital card. Uh, you know, like, like you, 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 you buy the rights that you can add this to your whatever. Yeah, fuck, I don't know. I mean, originally the way I saw it was like, uh, you know, like you design a fucking, I don't know, a piece of art that somebody can put in their metaverse and keep at their house. Well, you, well, see, you, I, I remember like they had skins for like, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, well, I'm trying to before Facebook, what, what was it, MySpace? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. That they had people that they would like do do your wall to decorate the wall or oh, something. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah that, that's how I sort of envision it. You know, some, something like that, and you you can sell. But what is your metaverse? You know, who, who? How do I get that? Or where is it? Or what? You know, that's what I. And how do my motorcycles fit in there? Hey Tim, you better figure this out, dude, because it's coming, dude. It's well, fucking yeah. coming. <laughs> Yeah, that's the part that I don't understand. I'm just, I'm just spending money on Bitcoin in in uh, in crypto just because I know it's going to grow. How it grows, I don't understand, but you know, I know it does. So yeah, and uh, and I know that I'm not going to use it for money right now because it's too damn volatile. You know, it's what what I paid for something today. you know, it's, it would be like I paid three times as much for it tomorrow. You know, you know, from the trends that I see with like when I look at the Bitcoin app, which I, I don't have anything in it right now. I did for a while, but if you were to spend time like following the trends and just doing small investments at certain times and pulling out, it looks like you can make a bunch of money. Well, I, I just, I just treat it. Uh, I just, I just buy it. Like it is just 
as a matter of fact. I'm going to buy 50 bucks here, 100 bucks there, 1,000 bucks there. This is what I do. You know, it's yeah. uh, you know, it, it's like buying a lottery ticket, sort of. That's the way I look at it. You know, and but it's I get nothing back. <laughs> but you get nothing back on a lottery ticket most of the time either. So yeah, you can get yeah. something back. Yeah, yeah. You take all the take all the cards and uh, that are losers and mail them in and get knock them off your taxes, right? Yeah. Well, let's talk about something we do know about. Uh, uh, motorcycles. I do know about them. Well, see, and that's I was just looking at this panhead in front of me, and it reminded me of the bike that Christian just did, uh, that you helped with the heads oh. on. Now, oh yeah, that, yes. That fucking thing. I mean. You know, first off, having Christian up there by you is awesome for you because that dude is fucking out there, man. And he is yeah. like so creative and, uh, you know, just the shit he comes up with is fucking nuts. Yeah, I got to tone them down when we when we work together. <laughs> I bet you do, man. Yeah, no, I got I got to tone them down. I, I talk to Christian probably I don't know three four times a week. I talked to him twice today. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's uh, he he just bought a for his uh, CT Newman uh, engineering or whatever his parts line and stuff. He bought a CNC mill, put it in his garage and stuff like that. So it's a. Uh, He's got all kinds of questions and and things and wants insights and and sometimes I tell him things and he doesn't want to hear it and he, and he gives me uh, reasons why he did what he did and then you know but whatever you know it's uh, it's all part of the learning process. Yeah, well, I'd be the I'd be the same way. Yeah, everybody sees things a little different, you know, especially yeah. when they don't have as much experience as you, Tim. Yeah, you know, like well, like well, Christian, like you said, Christian is a. a a savant as far as you know engineering and making things work and stuff like that i'm working on a project now that uh that i posted a couple of the details and he says he he and he texts me he says man he says yeah he says that looks hard i said yeah it is hard i said it's almost like ct newman drew it for me (laughs) (laughs) and he he says he says oh come on he says at least i have some forethought into uh, manufacturability of this stuff and that's uh, but at any rate, yeah, no, uh, you know, we collaborated on, on a few things. Um, uh, he's helped me out as far as uh, he designed up. I got a, a swing arm, a couple swing arms that that we collaborated on. He uh, he drew, uh, put his stylistic touch to him, and I put my engineering back to him. And like I said, we had to tone tone things down because I had to actually make them more than one, like he does, and and things like that. And uh, you know, it's, we got foot pegs that he designed for us, and I got uh, floorboards that are matching the foot pegs and they got spikes on them and you know it's more of this uh uh performance uh style parts and things like that and uh and i helped him out with a lot of his his one-off stuff for like the spaceships that he builds so it's uh we've done we work with him i think on the last three bikes four bikes that he's done yeah uh his, his this latest masterpiece that that stainless thing with the four valve four valve heads and uh yeah so let's talk about those heads dude yes so what are those heads sitting on uh they're sitting on panhead barrels panhead Uh, and the barrels are on top of on a on a on a four on a flathead ul uh cases so that's 80 inch cases yep 80 inch cases uh four cam 
you know, it's like a sportster. Uh, the, the flatheads, that's the way they work. He had custom cams uh, ground from Line Weber. And uh, they, uh, because uh, like what a cam that drove an exhaust valve was actually <laughs> driving an in- intake valve now. And uh, he designed up, basically, he went to the junkyard and he bought a, um, he bought like a Ford uh, four valve head, like off of a Focus or something like that. Yeah. And he duplicated the valve angles and the um, the valve angles and the combustion chamber because he knew that ran, you know. And <laughs> it, 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 and then and then he he tied the he tied the ports into the the valve angle, you know, the valves. And he knew that the that it's got a focus focus valves in it but a focus a ford focus engine is actually a, a overhead cam engine and he converted it to a push rod so he had to come over the rocker arms and get them to uh you know the between going from the uh the lifter block you know the cam that's down in the in the uh, bottom end of the motor up through the push rod up into the head and then get the valves to open because it's a four valve head, get them to crisscross without interfering with each other. So he actually, you know, he, he's quite crafty, obviously. <laughs> you know. So <laughs> what was your part in all this? Well, my part was is I, I was the guy that he'd send me the, um, the, the rough uh, CAD models, and then he'd ask me, what do I need to change to actually make these things? And then, then we would talk about it, and he would change things that he could, and things that it, that were uh, deal breakers that he couldn't change. We would leave alone. Then he sent them out to a uh, casting company, and they uh, they lost wax, casted a pair of heads, just a pair. Yeah. All right. Yeah, just a, a one front and one rear. So I got a what what I actually got from him in hard hard uh, parts was as I got a set of rocker arms which is intakes and exhausts, you know two of each, you know which were unique because one's for a front head and one's for a rear head and then I got a pair of, those are cast out of stainless, I got a Cast out of stainless? Yes, cast out of stainless This was cheap no, yeah, I have no. I, I he's got a lot, a lot, a lot of money tied up into this bike. Gosh, yeah, he's got a lot of money tied up with me, and all I did, you know, was the machining part. Yeah, you so know, I didn't. I mean, when those parts come back from casting, they're not ready to bolt up in the motor. No, 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 no. There's there's no holes. There's no nothing in them, and uh, like all the like the machines faces had. I don't know what we figured on them, like uh, thirty thou or something like that. Uh, they were thirty thou on uh, on each of the surfaces that had to be machined. But we didn't have. We just got raw castings. So picture uh, like a, a pan head with no holes or no flat surfaces on it. And uh, and then I got a CAD model, and I had this sort of uh, me and one of my guys. Don't get me wrong; I didn't do this by myself by any stretch. And uh, we had to come up with how we were going to hold it, uh, actually pick it up so you can machine it. Yeah, you got to start off with like one surface to measure from. Yeah, yeah, but you had no way to hold it to even get that one surface. 
So does was are there cooling fins on it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing looks like a porcupine. You know, it's all. <laughs> so I mean, but come it like when it comes from the casting, those are in there. Yeah, it, it looks like as far as when it's bolted on the motor, it looks the same to the outside. But it's got all, and he uh, he designed it so it has all internal, um, it has all in, oiling for the for the rocker arms and everything. Yeah, and all the drains and there's no external oil lines on that bike. You know, there might be one. So like you, so that's where you came in. You have to drill all those holes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, to put it this way. They were on compound angles. Uh, they were like three sixteenths was a big one, six inches long. That had to go through through the inside of the head, and you had to line up two holes that were six inches apart. That there were the connecting holes. Holy shit! And look. And, and, on compound angles, yeah. Now, this was at least an aluminum head, not a fucking stainless steel one, right? That's correct. Yes, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. It was aluminum. Yeah. So that was. But every setup was. It would take us. Once we got rolling on it, and we figured out how we were going to do it, we worked off of tooling balls. We put like reference holes in it, and then uh, worked off of a tooling ball, which is a. It's a. Just something that it sticks in a hole that it's like we a can, measuring device. Well, it's not measuring. It's basically I know where the location is, and 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 then I can roll it around in space, whichever way it goes. Then I can still pick it up. I know where this is on these angles because it's a it's a sphere. So and there's a lot of math involved as far as trigonometry. <laughs> sounds like it, dude. Yes, yes, yes. Everything was up on compound sign plates. So did you and, uh, so did you knock out the first set of heads? Like there's no mistakes made? No nothing. No. Yeah. I was shitting a brick too. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't I didn't want to eat those heads. You know, I didn't want to buy them. Yeah. Oh yeah, if we put one hole off location, like say say we you say if it's supposed to be at thirty four degrees and we put it on the complementary of of ninety and you know, you would notice something like that. But some of the stuff was on like it, it had to be like fifteen degrees cocked on one axis and twenty two degrees cocked on another a- axis. Stuff like that. So and if you had them like uh <laughs> backwards or the complementary or working off of the 90 90 instead of the uh, instead of the 180 you know uh, uh, surfaces and things like that yeah there was a lot of ways to fuck it up and only one way to do it right god so, damn dude yeah, yeah yeah and keep in mind you're drilling this this hole that's 316 six inches long you know i don't know if you've ever tried to drill a hole that, that's that long and straight and make sure they both line up without the drill wandering i was gonna say you know? does the drill wander like it does in the ground absolutely absolutely you gotta make sure you keep them dr- keep them sharp and you gotta make sure that you use the right speeds and feeds to keep them cutting right and everything else oh yeah so yeah it took us probably two solid weeks to do those heads one one guy and with a lot of you know with consultation going on, working on those things. God damn. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of time on those heads. And we, we had to do all the valve guides, put install all the valve guides and, uh, uh, you know, drill all the holes and all the valve pockets and all the, um, I'm trying to think we had to put hardened valve sheets. I think we did all of that. And then I sent them back to him and then he brought them somewhere and they actually did like a valve job on them. You yeah, know, like the, a three, uh, three angle or five angle. 
Yeah, they cut all the seats and everything, and then he gave them back to me, and then we finished them up. Wow. So, yeah. So, because I, I could cut all that stuff in there, but it, it didn't make sense for us to do all that. You know, we, we just we just put the – I actually, I, I cut the – that's what we did. We cut the, the pockets for the seats, and then he – uh, we had a disagreement on how much clearance that they should have uh, as far as he says that like there was like the, the manufacturer said it should be like X amount of interference. And I said, that's way too much. And then he's, and he says, well, that's what they say. And I says, well, I'll tell you what I says, you can press them in at that pay clearance. I'm not, I'm not running the risk of breaking these things on you. And uh, he, he went and took it, took that and then had the valve job done. And then we, it, they, we brought them back to us. Or maybe we did the valve job. No, I think we did the valve job. Now that I think about it. Yeah, because we, because the valve guys, we installed the valve guys. He and valve did the valve, uh, the the seats, the hardened seats. And uh, yeah, I was like, we, we did it like almost two years ago because COVID. We were doing it just before COVID started, you know, and all that. And then uh, that put a big, uh, <laughs> you know, big delay in everything. So. Yep. Well, it sounds fucking tricky. Yeah. No, but you know, they obviously, you know, once they're all bolted on and everything, you know, you have no idea how much work is in them once they're all on. It's just, you know, you get the oohs and the ahs and oh, that's cool, you know. But you know, that's uh, but that's the way Christian stuff is. Is there's a lot more that doesn't that you'll never see that he spends time engineering on and stuff like that. So pretty fucking wild. So uh, I mean. Do you do, I mean, you obviously do a lot of custom work, but you have a lot of, like, production parts. Yes. Yeah. As, as you know, our, our, our claim to fame is our inverted front ends. That's right. You know, yes. Are yeah. they putting so, inverted front ends on Harleys yet? Uh, yes. Well, I don't know if you watched the, that release of that, those the, the worst kept secret in the motorcycle industry What's yesterday. That? What's that? That. The uh, the low rider ST. That, low uh, rider ST. Oh, you haven't seen this, then have, what do you, have t- you? I know. No, it's a. Uh, Jace released a picture of it. I don't know a while ago, maybe six months ago, four months ago, and wherever he, he wherever his source was, it was spot on. Yeah, that was the, that was the bike. Yeah, absolutely was. Yep. It comes in two colors. It basically it looks like a looks like a lowrider. You know what they had last year, the lowrider S. Yeah. Uh, they they did, and it's got like an FXRT fairing on it, like a modern version of it. I'm just fucking with you, Tim. I've seen it. Oh, I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say, how can you miss it? I was like, what are you under a fucking rock? I mean, so, I am. I am under a rock. I thought maybe you were going out and getting shot or something. You know, you know, you 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 missed all of that. So yeah, but anyway. So I don't know. I, I'm glad to see that the motor company is actually watching what what we're doing. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're paying know. close attention. Yeah. Well, what, what makes me laugh is the color combination is almost the same as that's on my my King RT that I did a year or two ago. Yeah. The black you know, and gold. Yeah. Yeah. The black and bronze. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, they, I mean, they, that's a sweet combination. It fucking oh, yeah. really and, is. Yeah, not that I came up with it. It's just that, you know, I, I know it looks good together. Yeah. So, you know, absolutely. 
Absolutely. So, well, at least at least it shows that they're paying attention. But th- that thing does have an inverted front end on it. I wasn't paying that close attention. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's the early ones. I don't know if this year or not. The early ones are are um, they're basically they're, they're not a cartridge style. They they may be now, but I don't I don't I'm not sure. Uh, so they're still a little different than what we do. Yeah. But uh, but it's it's still they're they're on the right track. You know, it's definitely got the look, and for ninety nine percent of the of the buying public, they probably can't tell the difference. So that's uh, you know, if it's got the right look on it, you know that that's all that matters. It's it's so. the whole performance thing. You know, it's a it's amazing. Like I watched the video fucking right before we got on. You oh, know, today? yeah, yeah. You know, and it's amazing how much reference they were taking, you know, straight from the aftermarket and giving the aftermarket credit for it, you know? Like, well, well, Brad is in Willie. You know, Brad Richards there. Yeah. He's basically one of us. Yeah, I mean, he's got a Vintage Dreams hat on. Dude, that's sick as fuck. Y- yes. <laughs> yes. He wears the you same know. hat in every video that he fucking shoots. Yeah, you know, I met him before uh, before he worked for Harley. Okay. And, yeah, I, and he used to be, are you familiar with the Jockey Journal? The Jockey Journal, yeah. Okay, he was on there, you know, and and I knew him when he worked for Ford Motor Company. Okay. And now, you know, and then he got the job at, you know, Harley and this and that. And, I, and you know, he's he's the guy. <laughs> you know, at Harley now, you know, so he, he's the, the style, you know, obviously they got bean counters and everything else, but he's the, he is the guy, you know, so, and, you know, he, he's immersed in it just like we are, Yeah. you know, so, you know, and, and, and I think before they, you know, you, you know, maybe it was different when he was younger, but as he got older, you know, they, they just get, you know, myopic of what they, they see from their perspective, you know, not from the consumer's perspective. Yeah. So, you know, you know, Willie, you know, back in the day, you know, he came up with the original Super Glide with the boat tail and all that kind of crap on him. You know, because he was saw that uh, you go on the West Coast that the guys were, you know, put installing, you know, Sportster front ends on their panheads and shit like that. So, you know, that was his interpretation of what they were doing. So, and he, you know, he came up with the Sturgis, you know, he came up, you know, with a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. You know, then you got the V-Rod. Are you telling me that the boat tail was cool? Oh. (laughs) We're not going going there. (laughs) I mean, it's a collector piece now, but I never saw that as cool. No, no, no. But the whole front end and stuff like that. You know, the, the front of the bike. Yeah, the rear. I, I like the the red, white, and blue paint job on it. You know, well, red, you white, know, and blue is always a good color combo, dude. Oh yeah. I'm surprised oh, yeah. they didn't do one of those in the CVOs. Uh true, true, true. You know, I, everything is sort of you know blacked out now. You know, and I think they're 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 following that trend. Well, they're no. Did you see the CVOs? It looked like. Uh, Dude, there's all sorts of fucking colors. They got flames and shit. Look like they yeah. got direct inspiration from Jace's paint jobs. And yeah, I saw I saw the purple one. That one caught my eye. The purple <laughs> one, huh? There was a yeah. lot of bright colors. Yep. <laughs> you know that's that. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
really, it was all overwhelming. I'm like, oh my gosh, it looks like a bike show. They're just custom painted bikes. I I think they said lean angle like fucking 300 times, dude. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, and like, I didn't realize how much they were invested in the king of the baggers, you know, like, holy well, shit. Do you realize there's two different series? Yeah, there's the Bagger Racing League and then King of the Baggers, right? Correct. Correct. And I don't think a lot of people realize there's two different series. Because Indian fucking, I thought, cleaned up in the other one. I'm not exactly sure. You know, and they, the King of the Baggers series was only three races. Well, fucking, as far as I'm concerned, Arnie Wells cleaned up in the other one. Yeah, well, he was only racing the Superstock, too. He wasn't even on the Premier class, right? No, I, I, fuck, I don't know. He's Premier in my book. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I fucking love yeah. that guy, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very soft-spoken. God, he is such a fucking badass. <laughs> yeah, when I saw him in Mexico, you know, I'm thinking, who the hell's this guy, right? And then I see him put his helmet on, and I'm like... Yeah, th- this guy's serious. <laughs> what kind of helmet did he have? Oh, full face. You oh. know, full face. Yeah, you know, I don't know if he was wearing a motocross helmet or whatever, but he, he's got those huge gauges in his ears that he has oh, to take yeah, out. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, man, who's this guy? And then all of a sudden, I'm I, surprised I you don't know Arnie. I, I met him there. Okay. Yeah, I, I, other than that, no, I, I didn't know him before that. Yeah, I met no. him at the the first mint that I raced. Right, right. Yeah, because because uh, Otto knew him. Yeah, that, and, Otto and actually I, introduced I, me to him, and he said the same he, thing to me. Uh, Arnie, Arnie is somebody you need to know, Dan, or you know, like I can't believe yeah. you don't know Arnie. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I don't. I talk to him every day. Nice. Yeah, no, he's he's a good guy to know. <laughs> That's a fucking lootly. Yep. So. So what, what what trips you got planned this year? Uh, dude, I mean, right now, in the immediate future, all I can think about is Daytona Bike Week. Are you, are you doing the Sons of Speed? I am doing the Sons of Speed right now. The race bike is scattered across the country. That's typical Dan fashion, though. <laughs> I mean, you got four. You got four weeks to get it done. That's that's plenty of time. I, it's I'm going to Louisiana uh, next. Well, I'm going this. I'm going on s- Sunday, I think. You know, you know, it's funny. As I was watching, do you ever watch? Uh, you know, uh, Dennis Collins from. Yeah, uh, uh, what do you call it? What's it? Uh, Collins Brothers Jeep. There. No, I don't know this. Uh, it's he's there somewhere in uh, outside of Dallas. Okay. Yeah, he was like uh, Richard Rawlings' buddy there on the show. Okay. Yeah, well, anyways, he went to Metairie, Louisiana to pick up a Porsche. Oh, Metairie. That's where I'm going, dude. Yeah, that's what made me think about it. That's awesome. Yep, yep. Metairie, Louisiana. Those guys in Metairie, man, they are fucking top-notch, dude. You know, me and Billy, we've been going back and forth like every day. He's gathering pieces. I'm gathering pieces, you know, like, because it's coming down to the last minute. And, uh, you know, I think the other day we were like, we both came to the agreement, like we've, we've pretty much got everything. Of course we don't, but 
Sure. You know, we're like, all right, yeah, we're, we're ready to go. He's like, all right, now I'm fucking working on the fucking menu, dude. And now he's like thinking about what we're going to be cooking out the whole time. You know, like oh, what I, I love like, about. Oh, I thought you were talking about the menu of like what you got to get to put the bike together. No, no, like we, no, like what we're eating. Like what I love about Billy is like, yeah, yeah, the motorcycles are important, but like, you know, the food, the fucking company, he's telling all the like. You know, every time I show up, they fucking throw a party, dude. It seems like it's it's just uh, it's just a great group of guys. I mean, Billy and everybody he's got around him. Uh, it's pretty cool to even be a part of that. Are you um, obviously you're riding it, but are you assembling the bike, or are they assembling it in their place? And well, we're gonna you're we're like gonna the factory guy. Yeah, we're gonna no we're, no no. This is me. I mean, it's me and Billy. We're gonna go assemble everything this at the beginning of the week and then I'll bring it back uh do some fine tuning take it my buddy Al's going to paint it and then final assembly I got to like figure out I got a bunch of sprockets coming so I got to get that figured out chains and figure out what tools I'm taking you know like I think I've got uh knives made by Nick going with me I don't know if Billy's going to even be at the race or not um you know, I, I don't, you know, these are all things, once we get to, once I get to Louisiana, we get the bike together and we're all like, okay, this is for real going to happen. Uh, then we can work on the next steps of, uh, did you have to register with Billy? Yeah. Billy I mean, and here's the deal. I haven't registered yet. When, when do you, do you have to have an invite a certain day or yeah, yeah. January 15th. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, okay. uh, Boston Billy called me up the other day. He was like, I just got off the phone with Billy Lane this morning. He said, you got to register. And I'm like, well, I know you have to register, but that's just not how I do things, dude. I'm going to show up at the fucking track with the bike ready to go. I'm going to like give them an offer they can't refuse. And uh, <laughs> Billy's like, no, no, it doesn't work like that. You got to register. I'm like, fuck. So I, I fucking sent the emails to the right places. And, you know, there's some... There, you can register late. I'm just gonna get penalized. Uh, well, yeah, pay like you don't get you don't get a uh, swag bag or something. I or don't something fucking like know. I just have to pay extra. Uh, but I don't want to pull the trigger until we put this bike together and see that like all. I mean, all the main components are like they're here. But I just you know I got to see it all together before I send a wad of cash over there to Billy Lane. Well, um, what, it, what is it actually? It's a 45, right? 45, yeah. And, and it, like a, how, how old of a 45? Because they made them all the way up to what, 50 or into the 60s? In the 70s, dude. Well, they made well, they, the they, 80s. They made the 40, yeah, but, yeah, they made the 45 all the way up to 73, but I don't know, like in a, in a two-wheeler chassis. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't fucking know. This, the motor's a 42. Okay, and uh, I would assume, I would assume it's a WLA motor, right? If it's a four, well, forty two is early. Yeah, so. fuck, I don't know what it is, dude. It's a fucking hot rod. Yeah, uh, the frame is, um, it's like a survey car frame with an like an old Paco rear end welded on it, and I got a set of fucking. So so that so, so oh so. It was a survey car, and then they chopped it down to be a two-wheeler. Yeah, the frame, anyways. 
Yeah. 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 The frame was a survey car. They chopped it down to be a two wheeler. And then I got a fucking badass I beam Springer from uh, WW Cycles and Tyler Lowbrow. They fucking made. They got me a tank. They got me a set of tanks and a front end. They got. Are you using their WX tanks? Is that what you're using? Or I think those are the ones I'm using. Yeah, the flat, the flat sided ones. Yeah, yeah the flat sided fuel on the left, oil on the right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we got to go. <laughs> we got to go. Uh, marry the tanks to the frame, the front end to the frame. I laced up some wheels. I got a. Are you uh, running like twin nineteens or? Yeah, yeah. 16? So my buddy Clay out in Indiana hooked me up with some old Sportster hoops, the fucking aluminum, and no high shoulder, and. I got some hubs from RC Racing Components, a quick change for the back, a spoolie up front, and me and the wizard laced those up last week. And, man, the, you know, the, the aluminum rim to aluminum rim compared to a fucking steel rim is a little bit more challenging to lace up. It's like that. Oh, yeah. you get to this point where that aluminum, you do a half a turn on one spoke, and you fucking notice it, you know? like Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so... I got it. I got it really, really close. I mean, I got it close enough where on my chopper, I, you know, I wouldn't even. I'd be like, I would have stopped before I did. You know, like it's. But this racing application, I'm going to take it to Billy, and we're going to. I want him to like say, yeah, this is this will be fine. Uh, and then uh, I'm. I you got, run, run dyna beads in it or balance beads or. I don't know. Should I? Well, uh, you should at least the static balance them. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll static balance them. Uh, yeah, I, I, I run uh, dyna beads in all, all my street bikes. Really? Yep. Yep. So it's uh, I got turned on to them. I don't know, ten or ten or twelve years ago, and I've run them in all, all of them since. I I it, I can't understand how they work. They they basically just go to the low spot and. Whatever the low spot is, is and then they, they every time you stop, they move around. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so I mean go. that's what it's like. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I just don't get how they would go to the side. It seems like they yeah. would go to the opposite side that you'd want them to. Oh, they work pretty good. You know, yeah. I, I've only had one that uh, the wheel itself. It was an OEM wheel, and the wheel itself was uh, l- like the casting was out of balance and i so i had to with the dyna beads i still had to put uh wheel weights on it to get it to come in gotcha yeah, yeah. i mean i i haven't used them and we we may throw those in there can you do you throw them in a tube you can put them in the tube yeah okay yep yep so yeah that's, what do you uh, just go through the fuck you pull out the valve stem core and the valve stem, yeah the core and uh so they're small tr- beads yeah, they're, they're glass. They're like they're, they're similar to Jerry. Uh, you know, for your sandblaster, the glass beads. Yeah, that's sort of what they look like. Okay. Yeah, and, then, and do uh, you put like a certain amount per size yeah, of the wheel, or? Yeah, there's a chart that you follow. I buy them from Tucker Rocky. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, you're familiar with them. So yep. that's, and uh, yeah, and they just squeeze them. They they come with you buy a kit, and it comes with like a this this bottle you stick them in the bottle and then jam it down in the obviously you gotta pull the core out and then you just pour them in through the through the valve stem gotcha yeah no so i don't know about i don't know about that but uh 
Got the wheels laced up, front end tanks. I got a little seat. I got no some, brakes at all, right? No brakes, dude. You can't even have brakes that are disassembled. At oh, this really? Race. It's literally like no brakes are allowed on the bike. Huh? I'm surprised they're letting you run a stack frame. Because Billy builds all those those board track frames for all those ancient things. Yeah, well, I'm not in that class. Well, is, this is a new class this year, right? Well, it was a new class last year. Oh. Yeah, and okay. apparently okay. there was a lot of people last year. Well, 45, you know, you know, it, it's funny. It, it's, since the, the trog, the race of gentlemen, and, you know, them coming up with these 45, they couldn't give them damn things away. Now, now they're big money. Big money, dude. Yeah, like like for the money that some of these uh, these guys are spending on these forty fives, you could have bought an XR seven fifty for. You're not lying, dude. It really it blows my mind. Like even I've been trying not to put any V twin parts on the bike, right? Uh, but dude, even the V twin repop parts are fucking high as giraffe pussy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and the things still don't have any power, you know. Dude, <laughs> I, I don't believe it. That fucking motor I got's going to have some fucking power, dude. You think, what, what do you think it is? Like the 40 horse, maybe? I have no fucking clue, dude. Yeah. I really have no clue. I know that they, uh, you know, they ground the, the stock cams down, had some Line Weber custom ground cams. Well, uh, see, Line Weber, that, that's, that's what their claim to fame is, is... Custom ground cams. Yeah. You so, know, and, uh, yeah, now the kid's doing them. Uh, we used to have, there was a guy here that he, uh, Dickie, he used to, we used to, my buddy, my welder at the shop, he would weld up all the cams for him. They'd send them to Lineweber and they'd regrind them all. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it blows my mind just to think about, you know, pressing the cam lobe onto the cam in the, perfect you know the correct angle that it needs to be and then you know not even that like now they're it's not like on the stock like they've got custom angles that they've got these cams set up on you know like sure sure yeah uh yeah what the the line the center lines and of the angles and stuff like that yeah the, the drag racing is all about cam profiles yeah it's fucking crazy yeah. Yeah, reading the cam profiles and this and that and the, the duration and the open and close sequence and, you know, what degrees they're, they're at and so on and so forth. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, right now I got Daytona, top priority. Um, Going to be emceeing the Choppers Magazine Chopper and FXR show at Daytona, Daytona. International Speedway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be a Nick, new one. Yeah, Nick, Nick uh, from uh, Chopper FXR Bazaar. Yeah, yeah. He 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 sent me some stuff asking if if I wanted to sponsor uh, that show because uh, him and Kerry must be tied up uh, as far as because they did the that stampede last year or whatever. It they, was. Yeah, they did the Virginia City Roundup. Yeah, at the end of the season, and now they're doing this here. In Daytona. Yeah, I mean, I think Kerry's uh, just trying to, you know, include, you know, other parts of the custom industry, you know? Well, 
Yeah, the, well, the FXR, obviously the FXR, uh, a lot of the guys are, uh, you know, just as passionate about those FXRs as they are about the choppers. Well, so, and there's a know. lot of people with choppers that also have gotten into FXRs, you know, like the crowd's yeah. kind of, uh, yeah. you know. It's yeah, it's all incestual. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it is. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it seems like a good fit. Uh, I, got, I, got, I got them both. Yeah. I used to have them both until yeah. I had to pick one or the other, and I picked my fucking chopper. <laughs> the only reason that I have that I built that chopper is just to prove everybody that I don't just build FXRs. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Well, that chopper's fucking bad, dude. <laughs> that Panther's spare part, is it? No, not at all. Not yep. at all. You, where are you going to show that off this year? Uh, uh, well, I was going to go to Daytona before I decided to stay home and work instead. Uh, I don't know. I know I, I'm going to, I'm going to write it a little bit. So we'll, we'll see how much I hate it, you know? So it looks cool. It's got to go down the road as good as a chopper is going to go down the road. But you know, it's, uh, it's still a rigid chopper. <laughs> Hey, if you need somebody to ride it around, you know, I, I'm, you got my number, okay? Yeah, maybe I'll bring it and show it off in uh, Laconia or something. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, so, that's and, a good one. I uh, I have not made it up to it yet. Uh, yeah. Well, the last time we were playing in it, the, the, the COVID put a big kibosh on everything. It did. It sure the fuck did, man. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it's manipulated lots of my plans. Yes, yes, yes. But, I, so, you know, uh, let's see what else. I got Daytona. Oh, and then, you know, coming back for the Texas fan day. Oh, wait, you know what? I'm actually going to Teleco Plains in March, I believe. What is that? That's in Tennessee. There's like an adventure rally. Oh, really? Yeah, so I'm going to get back. Fuck, go to Daytona, come back, go to Las Vegas for the Mint if that all fucking comes together because not only am I going to Louisiana to put the the 45 together, I'm going to drop off the Ironhead motor and tell Billy that I need it in a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll see. Which Ironhead is this? Do what? What you you have an Ironhead Sporty or is that the one the Carlos? Yeah, that's Carlos's bike. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not trying to get one of those. Carlos has well, one. I, I was going to say, man, jeez, you got an evolution. Why would yeah. you want an Ironhead? Well, I mean, you know, the evo- my evolution, it's, it's uh, you know, I need to do something with it. I haven't done much with it lately. But, yeah, no, it's Carlos's Ironhead. But then, yeah, there's this uh, adventure rally in Teleco Plains in March. Where, where's Teleco Plains? Uh, I think it's in Tennessee. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to ride up there. There's, I found a, an adventure route called the Kentucky Adventure Trail, the Cat. Okay. Uh, so I'm planning on riding that, go to Tennessee, and then zip on back for the Fandango, which is going to be sick. I'll get to race the 45 again, and then um, fucking go to Mexico on the Pan Am. <laughs> That sounds like fun. I know, dude. The Pan Am is sick. Have you gotten to at least test ride one yet? Oh, yeah, I've ridden a couple of them. Okay, good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, yes. (laughs) I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I was going to pull the trigger on one last summer, but uh, I couldn't get laced wheels. Yeah. But, 
Uh, but now they got two identical ones sitting at the local dealership that are the the top of the you know the orange and white one. Yeah. Yeah, it's got the active suspension on it and everything. Ooh. One of them they couldn't sell because it was their demo at the time. Gotcha. But then they couldn't. They never sold it since. Really? Yeah, and they got another one. Well, I uh, I'm dude. I, I wish you would get your hands on one and start making some badass shit for him. I uh, well, I wouldn't well, say I I've got, been. I got I got some reverse engineering. I got some CAD models, but we just we're so far behind on some of our other shit. I can't. I haven't brought any of the new stuff out yet. Gotcha. I mean, I haven't. You know, I haven't really seen a lot out of the aftermarket for that bike like I thought I would. Well, I think it's. Here, there's there's two, there's two things, two schools of thought of that. On that, obviously, it needs something. You know, it, you're going to need certain things on it. But, it, like, say, as a manufacturer, you have to know that the market is there in order to sell them. Well, fuck! They sold more of those bikes than any other adventure bike last year. Yeah, but how many of that? Are, how many of that are? How many is it really? Two thousand? Thousand? You know, ten thousand. I don't know. Surely you could figure that out. Yeah, that, that I don't know. You know, you know. So they sold more Harleys than they sold BMWs, basically. Yeah, they definitely did that. But you know, it, it's it's the initial year too. So, you know, would you buy a BMW that's got bold new graphics, or would you buy a brand new motorcycle that's you know brand new manufacturer? You know, so that's. This this is going to be the year, you know, to see how how they continue on after the the initial. That's true. Uh, I'm I'm looking up, seeing if I got any numbers. Davidson deliver close to four thousand Pan American models to customers by early July. Is that 2022 or 2021? In 21. And. Yeah, I can't do this and talk to you at the same time. <laughs> hey, Jamie, look it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but you know, there's a, I mean, there's not a ton of stuff that bike needs. Uh, you know what I would imagine is that fucking some of the people who weren't sure how the sales were going to be with the bigger companies as to whether or not to buy one to see if it was worth building stuff for. Probably by the time they realized they needed one, they were fucking hard to get. That's correct. You know, and then it was like. Well, shit, what are they going to change on next year's now that, you know, we're kind of, I guess you got to kind of see how, like, what is the motor company, how much of a change is it going to go through year after year? I I personally think it's going to, just as a manufacturing kind of guy, they're going to keep it the same for like the first three or four years and then just just do debug. Well, and that's really... I mean, what it looks like, I mean, I haven't looked into it too much, but I think the new one this year has like a couple of new uh, features, but nothing substantial. Uh, no, no. It's and, kind of stuff that they just didn't didn't make the cut last year. Yeah, and what's, 
What's hilarious is being on these Facebook Pan Am pages and seeing the shit that people fucking complain about, dude. Like, I didn't even know that there was a clock on mine. And there's, I've seen so many posts of people going, is your clock not working too? And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding? Like, I don't even know where the clock is on this motherfucker. Uh, Obviously yours isn't working either. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck, dude. I don't know. They, they, some people figure that they, since they plunked down twenty grand for a motorcycle, that 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 it should be perfect and it should be everything to everybody. You know. Well, and what do you think about the pricing of new bikes? Because you know, it seems like they're a lot of money, but if you compare them to like, if you go back twenty years ago and you buy a loaded truck. You're gonna spend fucking twenty to thirty grand, right? Mm-hmm. If you bought a loaded motorcycle, like a brand new Harley back then, you're gonna spend like fifteen to twenty five grand, right? Well, well, I know, I know firsthand on both of these. <clears throat> In 1996, okay, I bought a brand new Fat Boy. I waited eighteen months for this thing. I put five hundred dollars down. In October of 1994. Oh my gosh! <laughs> the bike came in April of 1996. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How much was it? Fifteen thousand seven hundred dollars, including uh, tax. And that was with the bells and whistles, or that was like a base model? No, no. It was. It was. I had custom paint on it. Um, Damn! Yeah, you know the Harley custom paint. Yeah, yep. That's the way that that bike came in, and you know there wasn't. A, I didn't buy, a, you know, you know, like a lot of guys do. You know, that goes right into the dealer and gets a, you know, basically a motor swap and a, everything else before it comes home. You know, I left all that that stock and I did it myself, but. That uh, it was fifteen thousand seven hundred dollars out the door. Now, did you buy uh, a new truck back in this time? Yeah, well, uh, the, the the truck that I had before this one was an F one fifty. Was in two thousand six, okay. and that was tw- it was four wheel drive F one fifty. It was basically it was it was a base model, but it it had a four wheel drive air conditioning. And you know it didn't have the black bumpers and shit like that on it. It was it was the next next lineup, you know, than that. And uh, that was uh, it stickered for like twenty eight and change, and I paid like twenty one for it. So you know that was in two thousand six. But now you look at pickup trucks. You know that that same truck would probably be. Uh, like thirty-eight to forty thousand dollars now, and the bikes are twenty grand. You know, like the Pan Am are twenty grand, or even the well, the Fat Boys now are like uh, eighteen. Uh, but they're a little different bike than they were at the time. Yeah. So, but they they were, you know, as far as in the line, you know, as far as the premium, you know, compared to the base, they were probably about you know in the same place. So, you know, like 18 grand, you know, so I don't know. They, they've gone up percentage wise, probably about the same, but you know, you can, you know, like a, a bagger, I was looking at them the other day, you know, you can get a standard bagger, 
which got the smaller infotainment uh, deal on it. It's like 21,000. Hey, it's the smaller the 107 motor rather than the 114 or whatever. Yeah. And then they're, they're like, say, 22 grand. And then the other one, the Prem, the S model, which was blacked out instead of chrome, which is more money. God knows why. I don't know. Because 10 years ago was the opposite. So, but at any rate, so, and they're about, you know, eight grand more. So they're like 30. So that's, uh, I don't know. So you're telling me that it's not, I mean, I was thinking that the bikes just hadn't gone up as much as the trucks. Uh, I don't think they have, to be honest with you. Yeah, they haven't gone up as much as trucks. No. Now, and back in... Like a diesel Dodge is what, 75 grand? Yeah, fuck yeah, it's way up there, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So I paid more for my used F-150 that I have now than I did my brand new one. 10 years or 15 years earlier. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> Go try and buy a used bike right now, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. What do you think about, uh, well, we'll get to that in a minute. So, so in 94, you put the deposit down. Now, there wasn't like the same kind of supply chain issues back then as there are right now. Uh, what was causing it to be, for them to be so behind? Was that them just not producing enough units or was that just them uh, making the bikes more, uh, I don't know, valuable or like, you know, kind of putting a buzz on the market because they were harder to get? It made them seem like. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. It's like supply and demand. Because what, what they ended up doing, like for the anniversary year, like 2003. Yeah. They they ran they ramped the production up because back in the, in the 90s, all the way, like since the like. Since the seventies, they would build like three hundred thousand bikes a year. That that was like their how many they would build. Yeah, until and, they got to the twin cam models or the right, Evo. Right. The Evo they went up big time. Well, no, they, at the end, no, that was only the twin cam. The Evolution they only built like three hundred three hundred thousand bikes a year, and they, and half of them were Sportsters. So one hundred fifty one hundred fifty thousand big twins. For for worldwide consumption, wow! All right. So if you look at, if you look at any of the production numbers back in the you know from like the the from the early late sixties all the way up to like ninety nine, you know they may have gone up maybe a couple thousand here or there. They went up but, quite. I I used to have this sheet in front of me because I've been in a debate with my neighbor for years now about all this. They they put a lot of Evo motors out, and they did it for a long time, for like fucking sixteen years. Well, they they used to sell them in crates too. I know. Yeah, the, the motors themselves, yes, but not the not not the whole bike, you know, stuff like that. So, and then then once the twin cam came out, they ran production up. You know, it, they would have, you know, like maybe a half a million bikes a year instead of three hundred thousand. So to answer your question, I think, well, and, and in the meantime, they built a new factory too, an assembly factory. Uh, the York, the old, the old York plant was all, a lot of it was manual, and now it's a lot of it's automated and stuff like that. Yeah. So, and I, I think it was just a, it was a combination of things. They didn't have the money to expand, to, to ramp production up at the time you know, until later on. And I think it was like a, like you said, the buzz, you know, the, the, 
that you, you had to get on a waiting list, so it gave it a, a premium type of uh, vibe to it. And, and at the time, also, it, uh, it launched a lot of the other, you know, American other, if you want to call them. You know, Polaris, you know, came out with the victory. Uh, Indian uh, birthed and died, I don't know how many times in the, in the, <laughs> in the meantime. Yeah. You, know, you remember Excelsior in Bilton, I think it was Kansas or something like that? Yeah, like back it, in the fucking teens? Well, no, 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 in like around two, 2000. Really? No, uh, I don't remember. No, no, like ni- 90, 94, 96, somewhere around in there. Ex- ex- the Excelsior brand came back. I did not realize Yeah, that. yeah, the, the Super X. They built it for like two years. Okay. It's got this goofy-ass front suspension. It's sort of like a leading link Springer telescopic fucking abortion, huh. you know. And actually... Now that I think about it, uh, a lot of the engineers, and I think like the the it was the Hanlon brothers. I think they they built one of the states out of like they built a plant and everything for it, and they they basically they ran for like three or four years and and uh, folded. Oh, Could, couldn't can't, compete. No, no, or they were just they their engineering wasn't good enough, or their funding. I don't know. They needed more money or whatever. And then the politicians told them that you're not getting any more. So, you know, but at any rate, <clears throat> so I think a lot of the, the development work got bought by Polaris. That, and that was the original victories, you gotcha. know, which, which now is Indian, technically. You know, right. that's a whole fucking clusterfuck story, too. Yeah, yeah. it is. Well, how, yeah. how has the, uh, the supply chain been affecting you as a manufacturer? Well, the case in point, like raw materials, I use a lot of aluminum. And normally the aluminum, it used to take me like three to five days to get. I'd place an order, and they'd have to custom cut it for me out of, out of plate. And uh, for and it would take me three to five days to once I place the order to actually get it. Uh, the last time I ordered it, it took me eight weeks to get it. Whoa! Yeah. So... And I'm down on manpower, so I can't make up the time, you know, so it just puts us behind. And then, you know, because we're down on manpower, you know, and then there was other things that I had to do, like with some of our kits, like rotors and ancillary parts, you know, like uh, fittings and, and brake lines and stuff like that. I had to go to different sources to get them and things like that, you know, and the price point, I, I had to buy them, you know, even the price point was more. You know, just because I was committed to them and things like that. So, uh, but most of the stuff we build ourselves. So it's it's not like. Uh, but if you don't have every single piece, you know, it's not a complete kit Correct. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And your so, kit comes with a brake, doesn't it? Yes. Yep. And you yep. are you are those are coming from sport bikes. Yeah. So you're buying used yep. sport bikes. Take off stuff. Yep. Take off stuff. That's got to be a hard source to rely on, huh? Well, some, some stuff, believe it or not, the the secondary sources have been pretty steady. Oh, really? Yeah, that's surprising. You know, I don't know if they come, you know, because if there are insurance recoveries from uh, stolen or they just scrap them off because, you know, the insurance companies buy them off because it's easier to just 
pay whatever you know the bike is worth instead of spending the time to repair them or or whatever you know because you know on the outset you know it's not like a car that's worth fifty grand you know on the out it's only worth you know ten thousand dollars when it's brand new you know and if it's if it's a few years old how much is it worth then yeah you know and to fix a busted bike it takes some time which costs a lot of money correct yeah it's not so much you know the parts are probably but the labor eats it up yeah. You know, it's not like it's not like Harley's that you know, and a lot of times the parts aren't available anymore because you know it's not like Harley that they build the same thing for fifteen years. You know, <laughs> they change them every couple. So and 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 they they got to carry spare parts for ten years are required, but not after that. You know, so then it's and if and if they're selling you know four thousand of a certain model, how many how many of them are out there? You know, so. Yeah. So are That's you why. are you held liable if you build brakes? Is that how that works? Well, technically, if you build anything that, uh, yeah, that somebody can get killed with, yes. Really? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely are. Yes. Yeah. So I don't build them. That's. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's uh they have they have insurance for that kind of stuff too. You know, but you know, it's it all depends on who you, who you are and you know, how much are they going to get out of me? Right. You know, I'm just I'm just a working stiff. So, what whatever. Yeah, so some of the stuff you just got to just got to go, you know. It, 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 in the insurance industry will tell you you need insurance for everything, you know, in reality. Oh, hell yeah, they will. Yeah. And they'll like, sell it to you. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you should technically have, you know, a different kind of insurance other than regular homeowners or whatever on your shop that you're working on because you're out there working with, you know, cutting tools and, you know, fire and stuff like that. So, you know, whatever. That, yeah, exactly. They, they will definitely sell it to you. <laughs> you know, like Lloyd's of London will 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 insure anything. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but anyway, yeah. So you got you got your chopper. Uh, you got your chopper uh, trip going on too, right? Oh, I got a chopper trip coming up. Uh... Yeah, I got yeah, I got a chopper trip I'm putting together. That'll be an interesting one. Uh my chopper's actually sitting right here next to me. I pulled the wheel off doing some some maintenance to get it ready for Daytona. Uh there's like fucking just mud and grime everywhere where it shouldn't be. How's the frame staying together? Uh it's together. Yeah, I mean it's uh that was one thing I was going to address this winter and that kind of took a back seat. So, <laughs> just going to fucking wing it, really. Um is that, is that is that frame anything like uh other than stock dimensions or what is it? I don't know. I mean, I think it's stock dimensions. So it's, you could you could realistically get get yourself a repop like V twin frame or something. I'm well. And, then I would find out. I think. I mean, I raked the frame a little bit, but man, I'm got a fucking mic situation here. What do we got going on? Um, oh, my hair is getting 
all fucking jacked up in it. Uh, I, no, okay, it's not stock dimensions. Now I think about it. I raked the frame just to cut hair. But, it, you know, I think it would be fine stock. You know, it's jacked up. I don't pay that much attention to those numbers, really, you know. <laughs> you just get out and you know how it rides. Yeah, exactly. Does that, does that bike flap? Oh, yeah, there's no steering stops except for the tank. <laughs> I mean, it can, it can get into it. It can be a tank slapper in a hurry in the, yeah. wrong, the wrong situation. But, uh, yeah, I fucking love it, dude. I don't know how that tank's lasted as long as it has, as long as it has without getting more tore up. Well, maybe, maybe you can answer this question for me and, and everybody else that's on this, that listens to this thing here. Is, uh, how come you call Scott Randy? Uh, who's Scott? Chemical Candy Scott, isn't that his name? You mean Randy? Yeah, I thought his name was Scott. No, it's Randy. Oh, it is Randy? Yeah. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I thought it was Scott, but okay. That's probably why. <laughs> yeah, it's Randy, dude. Chemical Candy Randy? Chemical Candy Randy. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to fucking uh, get my shit together to go on another trip with him this year. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if that works out. Uh, yeah, it's hard, you know, dealing with this these these old bikes and crazy projects. I try and plan out in the future as to what's going to happen, mainly because my wife like wants to know. And sure. I'm like, I, th- I think this is all going to happen, but I don't know. It could change, you know? It's like, <laughs> you know, and then I get a new bike, the adventure bike, the Pan Am, and I'm like, well, I want to do this, this, and this, but... This, this opens up more opportunities for me. Yeah, but then I could also, like, I could break it, before then, you know, <laughs> like true, true. Just... And it's funny is I planned on going to Alabama one time, and uh, I left the house, and I got about two hundred miles away from home, and I blew it up. Yeah, not going the, to Alabama on, anymore. You know, on the on the first first leg of the trip, I didn't even make it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I get I get home, and my wife says, "Why are you here?" I thought you were going to be gone a week. I says, well, <laughs> unless I got another bike, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, it looks like I got to get back to work. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That motor's still sitting on the floor in my shop. <laughs> so you got a pretty sweet trip coming up. Uh, I yeah. really was hoping to be a part of that, but. Yeah. You know. No, that's. Yeah. It was a dumb idea I have that actually. Uh, <laughs> that's coming to life. Yeah, and it, 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 it had legs of its own. That's what happened. Hey, when you—that's when you know you're doing something uh, right. Yeah, I had to—I had to call a couple of guys and tell them, "Hey, dude, we're not. Uh, we gotta. There's too many people here already, and uh, <laughs> I don't want to tell anybody no. But you know, it's like let's just keep our mouth shut from here on out." <laughs> You know, until after the fact, and then we'll re reevaluate it. Uh, I, I think it'll. I, I think we're going to have a good time. Uh, I know I'm going to. You know, so it's. Uh, yeah, when when you talk about doing, you know, 
with the the BDR and all this adventure riding and shit like that, you know, you're, you're paying him. How much does that thing weigh? Uh, a lot. It's it's more than six hundred pounds, right? Or at least six hundred pounds. I think when it's loaded down, it's more than six hundred pounds. But I think like bone stock, it's less than six hundred. Okay. I think it's like so five eighty, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the, well, we're doing the sportsters, you know, they're stacked. They're about four, four seventy five, you know, for, for, uh, a rigid mount four seventy five, And then you pull shit off and, you know, probably load it up and everything. They're probably, you know, around 500. So <laughs> riding them doing a thousand miles, uh, off road. So yeah. Well, dude, but you're talking about a suspended, you're not talking about a rigid sportster. No, no, dude. No, that rigid, thing, the rigid, rigid Sportster weighs like five fifty, doesn't it? No, four seventy two. Really, stock Appro- Evo Sportster. Approximately, yeah, four seventy two. Okay, so tell me about yours. What are you doing? You because you got to be building one, but I haven't seen or heard anything about it. Yeah, it's a. What I got is a. I got a twelve hundred Sportster, nineteen ninety seven. Ninety seven. Uh, yep, yeah, I built a. A couple of years ago for Fuel Cleveland, I built a, a basically, I called it the farm hall because it was all red. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, basically, it's going to be that bike, but not, not that nice. You know, <laughs> the, fit, <laughs> the, the, the fit will be that nice, but not the finish. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. It'll be more go than it is show. Yes, yes, yes. And, and uh, I got an 18 inch rear for it. Uh, I'm running mags just because, uh, so I can run tubeless tires. So you found an 18-inch mag? Yep, I got, an, I got a, a nine-spoke 18-inch mag. A friend of mine collects them, so I knew who to call. That's who I got Really? So is that like too. a 70s one? I, it's, a, it's an AMF one, yes. It's a, it came on a couple of years Sportster. It came on uh, 79 and 80, 19 or 18-inch mag okay. nine spoke mag yep and uh some people call them the xlcr because they came on them too yeah but but they came on other bikes so also. yeah i was looking at doing that to mine but with i was looking for a thunderstar 18 then i uh, realized rear? i realized how fucking much how proud people are of those wheels oh hell yeah oh yeah they think a lot of them yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, so what are you yeah, doing up front with your mag? Ah, well, I got a, just a basically stack uh, nine spoke on the front. Um, and, and technically, this is a 97, so it should have 13 spokes on it, but somebody changed them. So it's uh, it's only got nine spokes on it. So I I got one on the front. I'll powder coat them, you know, like a, I don't know. I was thinking about doing some maybe fluorescent color or some shit like that. Now, hold know? on a second. Are you putting in... What kind of front end are you doing? Oh, what's front? I'm I'm doing what I call it. It's a it's not a long travel like uh, like yours, like I did for you. Okay. It's a it's a it's basically it, it's I call it's a tracker version of our, our front end. It, it's more I I sell them more for like flat track and stuff like that. Gotcha. Uh, it's I got four and a half inches of travel. Uh, the bike is going to be a little, it, it'll have like six inches or seven inches of ground clearance, but it's, it's not going to be, uh, you know, like a motocross bike, you know, gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah. stretched, uh, stretched out. Cause I didn't want, the reason being is I wanted to run a stock, st- 
style rear swing arm. I didn't want to go through and have like uh, Chris Moose did like, you know, change the shock mounts and, and all that. But don't, but don't you sell a a sportsters uh, swing arm? I do, but it's, it's set up for, it's, it's the same length and what do you call it? Okay. So it's stock dimensions. it's it's stock dimensions, just a lot more rigid. Gotcha. Yeah. So and, and it's a lot better looking, and it's lighter. So, but it's uh, and it, and it clamps the wheel better, just because it doesn't have that square tube on there. Yeah. But so I didn't want to rework the rear suspension. I even decided if I'm going to run the the billet swing arm or not. Uh, we'll we'll see how the rest of the bike looks. And uh, but I am running the. So we'll just have four and a half inches of travel in the front and probably about the same in the rear. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be uh, compression, rebound, preload. So it'll be a tunable, controllable four and a half inches of travel. Gotcha. You know, not, not like just having a 39 millimeter with long damper tubes in it. So it's just basically a pogo stick yep. that's longer, you know. So in, uh, in the flex, you know, it, it'll be a lot more rigid. So... I, I did that because I got to ride at 650 miles on road, yeah. you know, to, to get where we're going. Well, and and uh, you'll appreciate it being lower to the ground than what mine is. Yeah. Well, the, when I talked to you to give me road feedback on how the long travel is, is what made up my mind. Yeah. You know, you know, when I asked you how sketchy it is, you said, well, <laughs> you know, you got to really pay attention when you ride the damn thing. So you I, do. Like, and uh, I, I mean, the more seat time I get, the better I feel on it. But that's one thing I would like to do is kind of get it just a little bit closer to the ground. Yeah. So and that's lowered already from what it was stock, right? Uh, the front end is, yeah, yeah, two inches, right? I, I, from what I remember. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> and you know, and the dirt bike stuff's got all like the brakes aren't quite big enough, you know, for road riding far, you know, because they got the rotors are small, they're thin. You know, yeah. the, the, it's all it's all lightweight stuff, and then you know the running a twenty one, a night twenty one's way better for off road. Don't get me wrong, but on road a nineteen is better. You know, so you know you got to make some compromises. Since since this this trip that we're doing it isn't going to be uh, like doing the mid four hundred, I I think I can lean more towards road then I have to off-road. Yeah, you can have a healthy balance between the two, whereas mine is, it's it's off-road about 80%. Nah, it's fucking, it's 100% off-road, you know. Yeah. You can ride it on the road, but. Right, right. Yeah, but like riding, riding a, you know, a YZF 450 off-road, you know, it, you can do it, but it's a little, you know, you don't want to lean it over into the corners, you know, because it's a little sketchy. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you exactly. Know? Stuff like that, you know, things like that. So, but yeah, that, that's, that's, you know, that's why they, that's why, you know, when they convert the uh, bikes to supermoto, they, they, they don't run a 21 in the front. They run a 17 yep. with a big ass brake on it, you know, stuff like that. And they, they lower them down a little bit too. So, but at any rate, that, that's why what I'm doing with mine and, you know, I'm going to run, you know, 
standard, you know, motocross. Uh, I don't know if, what bars, if I'm going to run Biltwell Steels or if I'm going to run Pro Taper Aluminums uh, for bars and stuff like that. Uh, just, just because, you know, I, I, the steel is tough, but it'll bend a little bit easier than the, than the Pro Tapers do. Stuff like that. So that's... Well, I wanna... from what I had gathered is the Pro Tapers are more likely to just fucking break. Yeah. Whereas with the steel, they'll bend. Like if you go, if you go down out on the trail and break a fucking pro taper, you know, you're in a pickle. Yeah. But if you go down on the trail and you bend your Biltwell bars, you know, there's, there's a little bit more forgiveness in that. Yeah. They run 120 walls, so they're pretty heavy, you yeah. know. They're pretty, you know, where it's like a standard steel bar, like you for a motocross bike is only like 60 thou wall. So it's twice as thick. So, you know, there's that too, but they, they weigh a lot, <laughs> you know, whereas a pro taper, you know, is probably 80% as strong and probably weighs half as much. So that's, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. But I don't want to dick around with like seven eighths. Uh, controls and stuff like that, just because it's a pain in the ass for a Harley to get like the the clutch cables and stuff like that. You know, you gotta you gotta get either Buell stuff or have Motion Pro makes special ones. And yeah, and, and, there's and, that guy RC out in California that makes those fucking easy pull levers that are badass, dude. Well, do they run a Harley? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so you still gotta have the Harley loop on the end of the cable. So, whereas, you know, and if you break a cable or something gets fucked up out on the trail you and you've got a custom cable, where are you going to get one? Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. RC, he makes them where you use the standard, standard Harley cable. Oh, okay. All right. yeah, fucking I gotta... badass, dude. Yeah. Huh. I'll have to look into that. So, and the, just, but the, the bike itself, right now I'm going to, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to put cams in it, but other than we'll see how time and money goes and, yeah. uh. And uh, like I said, I get, I'm more concerned with the suspension than I am the the motor at this point in time. And to, to be honest with you, I think I could realistically ride this where we're going on a stock Sportster with uh, knobby tires. To be honest with you, <laughs> I bet you could do it with fucking street tires if you really wanted to, as long as it didn't rain. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think about when we were in Nepal. You know, in in reality, though, you know, those bikes were twenty three horsepower, but we were all riding the same thing. So, you know, I, I remember when we were, remember that day that we were on, well, like the highway part, you know, uh, and we're we're where there wasn't so much traffic, and we're all doing like had them flat out seventy miles an hour as fast yeah. as they would go. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome, dude. Yeah, it was so fucking awesome. <laughs> but see that you know part of that is part of what, how I came up with this idea you know because get everybody on the same dumb bike together and you can have a good time absolutely you know, you know where we're going you know I know I can do it on a fucking DR650 or uh, you know I can do it I can for sure do it on a you know a, a 400 or a, a pan american yeah yeah no problem i know i can do it on that i want to do it do it on something that fucking is what does uh westy say you know something that's uh inappropriate yeah well and it also yeah. like not that there's a playing field but it kind of evens the playing field and it'll help keep everybody together 
Yeah. Well, you know how this is going to go, too, is, you know, you get 10 guys together, there's going to be three or four that are running away in front of everybody else. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, once we get everybody together, I'm going to have to lay some ground rules down. But but those three or four people might want to hang back and see the shit show that ensues behind them, you know? Well, that's true, too. Yeah, well, well, and there's always going to be one or two of the, the the ones that aren't as fast and rides over their, you know, until they run out of talent, rides over their head, you know. <laughs> you know how That's that, when that, things get dangerous. Yes, yes, you know how that goes, too. So. I'm not familiar <laughs> with that at all. Riding oh, above geez. my talent level? No. Well, yeah, no, <laughs> when in doubt, guess it, you know, wick it up. <laughs> Man, there is, that statement couldn't be any more true, though. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> and the only way you get the experience is do the time. That's right. You know that is yeah, right. You, you know, like I said, you, you know, like I told you before, I wasn't always getting <laughs> old. You know, you know I talked to. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. You know, you just you just, you, you just got to you got to have seat. You got to have miles under your ass. That's that's the only way you do it. Yeah. Well, you know? and that's I was talking to one of the guys going on your trip, and I told him, you know, he was talking about doing all the modifications. I gave him you know, what told him what I had learned. And then I also told him, I was like, here's the deal. Whatever you can do to get more seat time before you go is yep. where you're going to benefit the most. Because without a lot of experience riding dirt, dude, just get the thing put together and spend some time on it, you know? And that's where you're really going to uh, push, where you're really going to... Uh, you know, excel, you're going to make, you're going to put yourself in a better position that way than building a bike that's capable of a lot of stuff that you're not capable of. Well, well, was who you were talking to, uh, not experienced under? I mean, not, I don't think they had a ton of experience. Oh, all right. I mean, especially yeah. on a sportster on dirt, you know. Oh, like, well, yeah. I don't. I don't think anybody has that. A lot of that, unless they're going in circles. Well, exactly. And that's kind of like you know, I built this bike for the mint that first year. Uh, I would have benefited a lot more of just riding the bike in the dirt more than you know. Over, not that I overbuilt it, but I didn't have any time to like get seat time. And now that now that I've had a lot of seat time. I've gotten a lot more comfortable and familiar, and, and I'm able to do a lot more on it. Right, 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 uh, right. Where, you know, the just you can't replace seat time with anything, you know? No, 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 no. And how many people have told you that riding the Mint was the hardest thing they ever done in their life? Everybody that's ever ridden it. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. You know, that, that's funny. You know, like Mikey Virus and, and you know, even Mark, Mark Atkins there, Rusty Butcher, you know, even, you know, uh, even they, those guys get beat up riding, you know, the sportsters off-road. Oh, fuck so. yeah. This, I mean, it's a sport. It's a fucking 500-pound dirt bike, dude. <laughs> right. It's got way more power than you're ever going to need. It's not even designed to be stood up on, you know? No, 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 no. The pegs are a little too far forward, actually. Far forward, too high, too everything. The bike's wide as fuck, you know. (laughs) There's a lot of good reasons why you shouldn't do that. No, yeah, but that's why we're doing it. That's exactly right. Yeah, so like I said, I knew I could get it done on a fucking DR650. You know, fucking no problem. Yeah. You know, I, that that isn't that isn't why we're doing it. Plus, the, my whole business is is based around 
fucking big dumb Harleys. You know? <laughs> why, why would I ride some Japanese bike that makes sense? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Fuck it. Do you ever watch like the vintage footage like from the 50s and 60s them riding, you know, like Triumphs and shit and motocross and stuff like that? Uh, the same yeah. bike that, yeah, you know, the same bikes that they, they were riding you know, to the bar earlier in the day, they're riding off road, even, you know, like the Jack Pine rally and stuff like that. Uh, you know, uh, Willie G, you know, competed on that, like in 57 and 58 himself on, uh, on a sportster, you know, that's what the K model was, was designed for Yeah, was shit, shit like that. So, you know, we're not doing anything new. We're just doing it now. You know, that's uh, instead of back then. And to be honest with you, I I don't know if they're the originator, but they brought it to the mainstream uh, is is built well, building that Friola, that Frijoli, you know, and, and racing it off road, you know, in the Nora. Absolutely. I mean, they definitely brought it to the mainstream. Uh you know them and and Mark. You know, yeah, kind of like yeah, yeah. Mark hucking those jumps. You know, jumping over the expressway, whatever the hell he was doing, and stuff like that. Killing himself for the first, you know, six months that he was doing it. You know, making videos. Yeah, so. I mean, I uh, I do, I've been working on an article for Choppers, and you know, I give a lot of credit to Biltwell and Mark for inspiring me to do that first one. Uh, you know, seeing Biltwell run the Nora with the Sportster and then seeing all the fun that Mark was having with his uh, outside of, you know, racing in a circle, which I did with the first Sportster I built. Uh, right. You know, that, that fuck, they made it look fun, dude, you know, and... Uh, and, and then that's $10,000 to get into them. Yeah, yeah. And it, well, <laughs> and they're right, it is fun, you know, uh... Some of that fun isn't fun until you look back at it, but right. oh yeah, it absolutely <laughs> is fun. That's like running out of gas in the middle of the desert. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's only it's fun. fun. It's only fun to talk about. It's not fun to actually experience. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to hear more about y'all's trip as it as it comes to light and uh, and it happens. Have you convinced Gary to go on the trip yet? He's he just has to get a bike. Uh, he he says he's in if he gets a bike. I don't know, Pat. Uh, I don't know if Pat's internet. Uh, he doesn't answer my when I when I text him. He doesn't answer, so I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't uh, answer when you text or you call. Yeah, it's like what the fuck, dude? What am I a fucking mind, a Karnak? I'm a mind reader. No, he you just know? he just doesn't, you know. Well, he's busy, but still, fucking, I'm busy too, you know. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? <laughs> I was gonna call him this morning, and I was like, I don't. I mean, you know, will that even work? You know. Yeah. Well, well, Gary, you know, it's not like he's ducking you. He's just, I think he's fucking just doesn't want to be bothered. Yeah. You know, it's not it's nothing personal. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't take, I just think, you know, maybe I should just send an email. I bet the message will get there. Yeah, yeah but whether he responds to it or not, you know, it's like, you know, I, I, I let Gary be my translator. So that's, uh, but yeah, Gary says Pat's got a bike that he built for something uh, sitting in the back of the shop. 
that he could ride. So, and, uh, but anyway, yeah, there's probably, uh, there's probably a, a few, few guys that I know, uh, we're going to get some, uh, uh, YouTube coverage or per se on this thing. So that's, yeah, uh, you got your boy from Florida going. Yeah. 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 Guy from Oklahoma too. I ought to try and link up with that dude when I'm in Florida for Daytona. Yeah. Well, he's in Daytona. Yeah, no, he, he's a he's a good dude. It really is. So, so he was doing something the other day, and fucking, and he and he, he pulls out the grinder. He goes, "Oh, we're gonna get some hipster sparks going today." Yeah. Like I, thought, I thought that was a classic fucking line. Fucking, I gotta remember that one. Oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah the the Oklahoma the Oklahoma guy. Uh, I think I just got a picture of his bike. Let's see. Is uh, it Chris Bennett there? No, it's not. Damn, he sent me a picture of a sticker that says Safety Third Racing. And it's not my sticker. It looks like somebody else is on the team that I don't even know about. Oh, an in, in, in interloper, huh? Yeah, which is cool, man. Safety third racing. What do you call it? It's a uh, imitation is the best form of flattery. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, hell, they might. I might be imitating them. Fuck if I that, know, dude. You, yeah, that's it. That's it. You know, yeah, I might be. I might be uh, flattering them. Is what's going on here. <laughs> racing off-road bikes uh ironhead sportsters you're good to go yeah well i've i don't think there is too many people doing that you know the the prism supply guys i think they raced a it was an ironhead or a k model or something they did the uh it's called like the fucking vintage 1000 i believe and it's Where's like a, well it's out there in the mountains by them some guy puts it on there's a you know there's Mainly, it's like a bunch of old XT500s and XL350s, and they do a thousand miles. And it's more, uh, not as much of a race as it is like a like a rally type deal. You know, it's got they got stage spots that they ride through, stay at, ride each day, and they do a thousand miles on old vintage bikes. And you got to haul all your tools with you. You know, it's not like. No chase vehicles, I don't think, but it's all off. Well, 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 we don't plan on having any chase either. At least I don't have. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, what do you call it? I'm not scheduling anything. I figure you're on your own. You either got <laughs> you either got to haul it out of the out of the woods yourself, or uh, we'll get it to the trailhead. But other than that, fucking, you're on your own. Yeah, I mean so. that's a tough one too. In the you know on a trail like that, like. You know, how long do you stay behind to help somebody? Do you going to have set markers as to where you're going to make it each night? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. We're going to, yeah, because we got to, since we're not camping, we have to have some kind of accommodations at night. So whether you, you got to you gotta get off the road and get a tow or, or, or get off of the trail and, and get a tow or you got to, you know, uh, whatever, you stay behind and then go to the next stop, the next day or whatever yeah. that 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 that's the way we're going to do it so because i i don't want to hold up everybody else because either you're an idiot or you're unprepared or you have bad luck you know or you're just far. fucking riding a sports tour off road 
That that's true too. So, <laughs> whose idea uh, was this? I don't know. Some some fucking jackass. Uh, no, <laughs> it sounds like fun. There's gonna be yeah. some good content to come out of that, if nothing else. Uh, Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, that's uh, like I said. If nothing else, it'll it'll be like I said. No good story starts starts with a good decision. So that's uh, and uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's like in the in the vein of you know the Gambler Five Hundred and stuff like that. You know, it's it's not about winning or anything like that. It's all about just doing it and having a good time. Yep. So you know, and that, that's all we're doing. And and the only reason we're not camping is is we just didn't want to. At least for the first time through, I, I didn't want to have to carry all that extra shit, you know, and, and stuff like that. You know, you're carrying a tent and a sleeping bag and so on and so forth. It's like, you know, it's like, fuck. It's not like we're in fucking Baja. Hey, you know, or, sleeping's you know, for or, the week. Yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> you you know. can't sleep that much, Tim. I, I mean, you've got a workload that probably requires not much sleep. No, no, it's whatever, you know, it's fucking, so we're in it for the long haul, so you can't, can't burn yourself out, so, but at any rate, yeah, we're, we're we might, might not be here for a long time, but we're sure here for a good time, so. That's right, <laughs> that is right. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get it taken care of, so that's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, uh, that trip, and yeah, I tell you, I think the, a lot of the guys that are going on it are more stoked on it than I am. You know, it's fucking. I, I, <laughs> we got we got this uh, this group chat going on on yeah, on Instagram and shit like that, and uh, yeah, some of the stuff that some of these guys are coming up with, I'm like, dude, man, we're not going to Antarctica. We're just fucking going down down in the woods. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, and it's not a race. <laughs> <laughs> so well, you uh, say that, but yeah, well, I know it's, you strap a helmet on and give me a throttle, fucking. I'm, I'm the first one to fucking wick it up. Remember, you know, I, remember in Nepal, dude, we were fucking racing the whole time. You know, oh, like, yeah. well, it, I had to tell myself it wasn't a race. We when all got, tried to got, tell ourselves that every day, and it's still when just, I got past, when I got past, I had to tell myself, "Fuck it, I don't have to pass them back." It's not another matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know you're having a good time. It's like, yeah, when you have to like chill. Like, all right, yeah, they passed me. That's right. I can't do it. I'm like, somebody passes me, I'm fucking rolling. Like. Maybe if I'm not going to pass him, I'm at least going to roll up shoulder to shoulder and be like, hey. Oh, yeah, I'm showing him a wheel for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, hey, hey. I let you you pass me, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, what's what's funny is in one of those photos that I got from Michael Lickler there is when we were racing up that mountain with all those switchbacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the last part of that. And and it's, it's, it's an overhead shot looking down and you see like three hairpins with all us fucking. It, it, I think it's uh, it's Pat, and then it's it's Gary, and then it's you, and then me, and then Chris. So, so sick. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. So yeah, it's an overhead shot of that. Yeah, that that, that was pretty cool. Like I said, that that whole that that day there is is from that day is the whole premise of what this trip is based on. That's awesome. Is is, is that day? So, you know, and, and and I'd say that that particular day is probably in my top five motorcycle experiences of all time. Yeah, so, it, me too, yeah. dude. That was so sick. 
I literally, when I, whenever I stumble upon that video, because I, I got a great GoPro of, that, of, the, of us fucking rolling in four and five deep, you know, yeah. like even from the get-go where I'm in the back and we start like realizing that there's not much traffic on this road and we started bunching up and then it was just like fucking on, dude. It was like. Well, and, and, you know, nobody was really faster than anybody else. It's just whether you got you charged the corner hard enough, or you got on the gas, or you didn't miss a shift. You're yeah, right dude. Here. If you miss yeah. a shift, you're fucking done, dude. Oh yeah. If you if you if you miss your breaking point, the other guy was right by you. You know. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, that was one of the, like I said one of my top five best motorcycle days ever. Oh, ever. so it, you know. sick. Yep, yep. And I've had some really good motorcycle days, and I've had some really shitty motorcycle days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's the one thing I can say about riding motorcycles, is I've had some of the best times of my life on a motorcycle, and I've had some of the worst times of my life on a, on a motorcycle. Oh, that's so awesome. That's, yeah, that's that's why you do it. You know, it's uh, it's you know, I'm I'm here for the for the bikes and just that I I can make a living, you know, at it or you know try to make a living at it is you know it's it's all the benefit, you know, stuff like that. So it's uh, you know, how, what do they say? If you do what you love for for a job, you'll never work another day of your life. You know, stuff like that. So that's uh, yeah. I mean, they say that. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> fucking, somehow I didn't, nobody was nobody was ever calling me to fucking start a porn porn movie or anything. But oh, whatever. Man, <laughs> dude, you didn't get the phone call, huh? No, no. Dirk Diggler was already taken, so I couldn't have to. I couldn't fit into that one anymore. So gotcha, that's, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, the window of opportunity is closed. Well, I feel like the motorcycle industry is a better place with you in it, Tim. Oh, thank I, you. I really do mean that, and I value <laughs> our friendship, and I respect and look up to what you do, and uh, I really do. I don't, you know, I don't, we don't, we don't, I, we don't like see each other very often, but I do, oh. you know. And you're oh. doing, you're doing so much more than I'm even aware of. I know that too. Like I remember getting on your website months ago and being like, "Whoa," you know, <laughs> like, "Fuck." Yeah. Well, like I said, I don't know. Like I said, I, I I'm just a guy that's trying to make a living. You know, that that that's all I'm doing. That's I don't necessarily want to be some famous guy or anything like that. I want to have it. I want to make a living doing what I want to do. It, you know, it's like I said, I worked for somebody for for long enough that I know what it's like to you know to not necessarily hate my job, but not necessarily want to get up and go do it every day. Yeah. You know, it's you know, and it, it's not about the money. It's about the you know, obviously you need money to live, you know, and, you know, you want to have a good, good life for yourself and your family, but, you know, you don't want to, uh, you know, whether I, I, I get a million dollars or, you know, $20,000, as long as my, my bills are paid, you know, and I got enough money to do what I want to do, I'm happy. So how so, do you uh, balance it? How do you keep from, you know, your, how do you keep from losing your love of motorcycles while working? you know, in and around motorcycles as much as you do. Because here's why is, is I don't do, sir. I don't, do service work and things like that. So technically I'm not working on anything other than a hobby, uh, is, is the way I'm working on motorcycles, but the motorcycle is never near me. Does that, does that make sense? Gotcha. Yeah. 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 yeah Cause I'm always working on, you know, 
parts for them, but the bikes I'm not I'm not wrenching on the bikes other than my hobby bikes, if you will. You know, the, 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 a lot of them are, are uh, prototype development stuff that I'm doing because you got to be in it to win it. You, I, if I'm not putting these bikes together and uh, dicking with them or doing you know dumb stuff like these trips and stuff like that, that's what gives me ideas to make something else. I was going to say that keeps you in touch with the, with the uh, the community. Yeah, you know, and things like that. And, you know, and a lot of the, like the front end that you got on, on your uh, Sportster there, you know, that that was a one-off that I did for, for the Free Holy originally. And, uh, and I've sold a bunch of them now. You know, it's not like I'm trying to make a living on those, but it's a little bit of a service that I can provide that, you know, I got experience at it that I can tell people, say, hey, <laughs> you know, I got this here and it's this much money. Do you want it or not? You yeah, know, and, and you should uh, definitely. Definitely leave the steering dampener on there. Oh yeah, I, yes, yeah. All, <laughs> Tell your people ones, that. Yeah, all the other ones that I, I did, you know, they're still on it. So <laughs> stuff like that, stuff like that. You know, and, and other guys come up with different ways to go about it and stuff like that, which is fine. You know, here I have this option. If you want it, fine. If not, fine. You know, it's, yeah. you know, you know, I, you know. Oh, that's too much money, or this is this. Okay, you know. Do something else. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to me. So how much you know? of your work comes in, like, f- through the customer uh, compared to, like, through, uh, not third parties, but, like, through, like, low, like, uh, distributors, if you will? Um, most of my, I'd say, at this point in time, most of it's direct sell. Uh, rather than, you know, because Lowbrow low carries a bunch of our stuff. Uh, Speed King carries a bunch of it dirty customs uh john jessup carries our stuff um the dream rides there yeah and uh so <clears throat> you know they, they sell some of it but it's uh most of it is it comes right direct to us gotcha. and and things like that um lowbrow is picking up steam uh, only because I think the market is changing a little bit. Uh, it's going away from the Sportster choppers, and it's getting more into, say, what we're doing now with the even these off-road Sportsters for a cheap bike. Uh, and, you know, Dynas, FXRs, uh, you, you know, things like that. So that's, uh, you know, because I think cause the guys can finance them. You know, yeah. I think that helps too. It does help. You know, so even, you know, like the release of that bike yesterday, you know, $22,000 out the door, you know, whatever, plus tax. And, uh, you know, you can finance the whole damn thing, you know, and, you know, or you can build a, you know, a 30 year old FXR, spend $22,000, pay, you know, put it out on your charge card and take two years to build it. And, yeah, and, I was saying, you know, you're not riding it for fucking a couple of years. That's right. That's you just, you know, pay for it. Yeah, no. You, you you get you get approved for a bank loan or whatever. You're a baller by Monday. You know, fucking you're out. You're out fucking playing Sons of Anarchy, and you got that money left over to fucking buy yourself a, a new helmet and a fucking and a yeah. Espinosa leather. Roll it you know? in, dude. Roll it yeah. in. Exactly. Hey, I exactly. gotta tell you about this guy I talked to this week. He bought a 2021 Road Glide last year. And rode it a hundred thousand miles. Yes, I, I follow that guy, dude. That so I heard about it after it was all said and done, 
Well, I did. He just finished it like a couple days before. I think he finished it up like September. Yeah. So he he lives by you, right? Yeah. Well, he's. Yeah, I mean, he's I, in he's in Texas. Yeah, I thought he was like Dallas area. No, Houston. Oh, yeah, okay. That's quite a far, quite a ways away, away, actually. But his so, attitude about it, like you know, I just me thinking about a hundred thousand miles and all the shit it takes to ride any bike a hundred thousand miles. Well, he did it in a hundred days. I know. That's what it's like. Just doing all the things it takes to ride a bike a hundred thousand miles. It seems like you need a hundred days just to do all the maintenance. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. He said he he averaged what sixteen hours a day or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and in reality, sixteen hours a day. That you know, it, that, that's most people going to work and watching TV. <laughs> yeah, I guess you know, so. You know, he, he still slept. They had time to sleep at least six hours a day, and you know, do whatever. Oh, dude, know? and he went out and he went sightseeing. He didn't just ride; like he stopped and you know went places and did cool things. Uh, you know, one thing. Uh, Knives Made by Nick said, he was like, just think about riding your bike every day for 100 days in a row, you know? Yeah. Much less doing 1,000 miles each one of those days. Just ride your bike every day for 100 days. Yeah. Well, not, not only – he did, like – from what I saw, he did, like, big loops, right? Well, he and kept like, coming back to Houston to do all his oil changes and his tires. Right, So right, then he so would just go about the rest of the country and come back to Texas – He'd go upstairs in the dealership and take a nap, and then fucking they'd do the oil change in the tires, and he'd get back on it. Did you get him to do a podcast with you again? Yeah, we we did one last week, or we did one we did one a couple days ago. Oh, okay, cool. So we'll we'll hear all about this story. Yeah, it's pretty fucking pretty fucking cool. I I follow him on Instagram. I can't remember his name, but Uh, it's uh, Hops Hops Adventures. Yeah, yeah. And uh, some guy was saying something about, hey, I think you're full of shit or some shit like that. And he would say, he says, yeah. He says, no. He says, I did a lot of stuff. And he says, and actually, he says, I did had all the service done at the regular intervals and put tires on and everything else. Yeah, dude. And his just his attitude about it, you know, like he wasn't like showboaty or like like there was no bragging. It was just like, uh, yeah, I did it. You know, like... Did Harley give him a new bike and take that one or something? Dude, they should! Oh, I, I, thought, I thought it was something like that. No, no, they fucking... They sent him a $750 gift certificate. Oh, really? And he was... You know, I don't know how thrilled he was about that, but... uh <laughs> You know, not that he was expecting more. He just was no, like, no. you know, no. I, I mean, I think he's just as shocked as I am. I would think that Harley, like if I had a, a museum, I'd be like, I want that fucking bike and everything that goes with it. You know, like I want you to email me all the fucking photos, any kind of documentation. And I want the bike. I'll give you, I'll give you all your money back that you paid on the bike. Did he, uh. Did he have any breakdowns or anything or not? Dude, he nothing fucking happened. It was like, you know, he just rode it. The bike was running fucking 80% of the time for four months straight. And uh, <laughs> no, nothing fucking happened. <laughs> well, I guess that's a testament that the bikes are actually decent bikes. Dude, that's a fucking hell of a testament, dude. 
How many rear tires did he go through? It's got to uh, be like eight, did, eight. No, seven. He did seven uh, sets of tires. Yeah, that, that makes about sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, got probably 12,000 miles, you know, because I mean, you're not hammering on them. Well, here's the deal. When you're riding, like when you ride for that long, like once the tires get to a certain heat, they just start breaking down a lot faster too, you know? It's not like they yeah. have much cool down period. No, but if you're, if you, like, when, I know when I ride, I go through rear tires, not burning them off, but just running through the gears and stuff like that. Yep. You know, you know, and things like that. You well, know, he's a, he, he's a long distance rider. So, you know, he probably, like, you know, I think about, island. you know, yeah, I think about those things on my bike, like to what I do to make the engine last as long as possible, the optimal RPMs slowing down in a certain way to where my fucking brake pads and my tires last longer, you know, like, you know, when you're on your bike that much, you also have time to think about all the little small things that you're doing a lot more of because you're riding so much that you can change to optimize the use of everything. He he did a hundred iron butts in a, in a hundred days. Yeah. (laughs) It's fucking insane, dude. Yeah. A hundred you know, days of insanity is what they called it. So the, the record before that was 45,000 miles in 45 days. Uh, and the guy that, the guy that did that, or the guy that broke that record, he's in Dallas, right? So when this guy, Chris Hopper, got to the 45,000 mile mark, that dude from Dallas met up with him and rode the last thousand miles of the 45 with him to like, you know, pass the torch on or tip his hat to him. Oh, that's cool. I thought that was super fucking cool, man. Right, so he rode all day with him, basically. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Yeah. What, what did what did the other guy do with that? Oh, I didn't fucking think to ask that question. I'm probably going to reach out to him and get him on the podcast at some point if he's in Dallas. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, I guess I'm a fair weather rider. I mean, I really have turned into one of those. You know, it may not seem that way, but, you know, I, uh, you know, fuck, I ride when it's, okay, fair weather, my my fair weather may stretch a little more than most people's, but, you know, when it's cold and rainy, I try not to ride unless, I try not to even ride when it's dark anymore. Well, that's, that's, that's sort of smart. Yeah, well, it's just like, as much as I ride, if I can cut out riding at night, you know, the chances of something, you know, crazy happening just go down exponentially. Yeah, I hit a deer once. Yeah. 60 miles an hour, I hit a deer. Yeah. Dude, I hit a fucking round bale. It's fucking 70 or something, dude. What, <laughs> it fell off a truck or were you out in the cornfield? No, it fell off a fucking truck. Holy fuck. Yeah, dude, it was, that was crazy. Was it like moving or was it a... No. So um, we were, uh, it was after me and Kickstart Mike went to Mexico and rode Copper Canyon. Right. And we're coming out of Trilingua headed to like Alpine, I think. Yeah. You know, at night you look at the fucking, if there's a car in front of you, I I always pay attention to the lights and see if it swerves in case there's something out there. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a small truck like way out in front of us and I saw... I saw his right taillight blink, like flicker, you know? I'm like, huh. It caught my eye. I'm like, well, did, a, like, did an animal run out and not cross his left taillight and turn around and go back? 
You know, like I'm thinking about these things, and then all of a sudden, bam, there's a giant fucking round bell in the middle of the road, dude. Laying on its side? Well, no, it was fucking round. Like, I'm looking at the center of this round, round bell. Oh, so it was standing up like a like an Oreo cookie on the side. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And I fucking swerved last minute and hit the side of it with my frame and my leg. Oh, and it, Jesus. And it fucking just bounced me straight. Oh, those fuckers are heavy as fuck, too. I, I don't think it fucking moved, dude. Oh, probably. I, I can't imagine. You, like, you, you can't push them around. You're like, you got to pick them up with a fucking tractor. Oh, I'm familiar. I got about 100 of them, about yeah. 30 yards <laughs> from me. Yep, yep. No, I'm, well, it's all, see, up here where I'm at is dairy country. Yeah, so, so you, got, you got hay up there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We grow a lot of corn, too, for all the silage. Oh, yeah. Yep, all the dairy dairy cattle. Yep. And so, yeah, there's right around the county that I live in has uh, two yogurt plants in it. Two yogurt plants. Yeah, for uh, one's Alpina and the other one's um, uh, Quaker, whatever that one is. I just started uh, eating yogurt like within the last year or so. Yeah? Yeah. Well, it's good for you. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. To, it tastes to good, too. Milk. Yeah, well, some does. Alpina does, and it's really, uh, really uh, bitter. You know, it's oh, South see, Ameri- I like it's the a- sour kind. Yeah, it's it's South American style. I like. That. Uh, yeah, that's a that's the it's a real sour. Like it's Greek, but even sourer than Greek style. Yeah. Huh. No. Yeah. Two 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 yogurt two yogurt plants. That's how much dairy we have here. So, all the all the cows are black and white around here. <laughs> yeah, you definitely don't want a fucking cow out in the middle of the road. No. I fucking, dude, that's, you know, cow signs. If you see like one of those when you're going like on back roads and you see open country, you go over a cattle guard and then you know that there could be a fucking cow in the middle of the road. It's like, well, yeah, see, uh, yeah too. We, well, we don't have cattle guards because they're not free range here. Everything has to be, uh, it's all barbed wired in. And, uh, but, like you say, if a, if a truck, you know, the shit spreaders goes out on the road or whatever, and it's fucking leaking. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. One time, there was a, a guy, he was uh, he was haying, and um, I don't know what happened. Something, and all the, all the, for the straw... All, all the straw was laying in the road. I rode on that. I thought I was going to have ice. Yeah, it's you fucking know. slick as fuck, dude. Dusty-ass oh. hay on the road. Holy fuck. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> You're talking about fucking uh, stuff coming out of the trucks. One day I was yep. riding my chopper, and it's fucking hot as shit in Texas, and I'm on the highway, and I started getting, like, this uh, this spraying of water. You know, and, like, you can ride behind those, like, refrigeration trucks and sometimes you oh, get yeah. some condensation yeah and, off, of, off of their yeah the refrigeration yeah, unit, yeah. well i kind of thought that's what i was getting on my face and then i then i take a whiff and smell that you know ammonia i'm like oh my god i'm behind a fucking cattle i'm getting pissed on right now or, fucking, or it's like oh, wet oh, it shit was, it was a livestock truck yeah dude <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh fuck! I gotta wake up, dude. I can't be fucking getting air conditioning by fucking cow piss and fucking shit. Did you ever go through Arkansas and you follow a chicken truck? No. 
Oh my god! You talk about you see the feathers flying out of them and the fucking just. Stinky. Oh yeah, I have seen that before actually. But you yeah. know it's you know it's worse than that. Is going through like southern Arizona and southern California where all the farms are, and you see a fucking a farm like a a, a school bus with Mexicans that have been working in the field, and behind yeah. the school bus they're hauling fucking six portageons. You know, and those things are just bouncing down the fucking road, dude. Oh, get out of there, dude. I can always, I, when, I'm, when I'm riding out here in the summer, I can always tell, like, if I'm getting near the dairy farm because the fucking fly starts splatting on my fucking visor. Oh, yeah, that's like when you're riding down the fucking country back roads and you smell the roadkill, and the next thing you know, you just get splattered in the face by all the bugs that were flying on the roadkill. It's like, oh, God. That's fucking nasty. And I'm, like, just smiling with fucking roadkill bugs in my teeth. God, I can't wait for it to warm up, dude. I love riding in the summertime when it's hot as fuck. And you're on the back roads, and then you go down in a dip, and it like the temperature lowers ten degrees to like yeah, it's like ninety five there at the bottom of that dip, and it feels like a just like you just dipped into the fucking polar ice cap or something. So sometimes because it's humid here in the summer, like you'll go down in that and you'll go like, it looks like you go through a cloud, then you come out of the cloud. Oh. And, you know, it, 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 it's like, it's like haze. It settles in the low areas. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then you come out and you're all cold and clammy and then it's, you're back in the heat again. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Fucking love it, man. I love it. <laughs> hey, did I, I told you that, uh, uh, bears going with us, didn't they? And the no, the, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, your trip is fucking God bless. Tyler too. Tyler too. Yeah, Tyler told me the other day. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Tyler, Tyler, Mikey, and uh, gorgeous Greg. Damn. Yeah, all those guys. Yeah, what do you call? Uh, said he wants to ride his Dana. Who's that? Uh, bear. Bear is going to ride his Dyna. Yeah, his dirt glide. Perfect. Yep. Yep. And I, I, I asked him, I said, I thought that had like bad memories for you. He says, it does. It does. That's why I want to put some good memories with that bike. Oh, perfect. Yep. So, perfect. So Tyler's building the Sportster. Yeah, it's all done. Oh, he's already got it done. Yeah. Is it the, the one they did the video with? Yeah, the Saturday Sportster. That's nice. The one. So what's Mikey yep. going to ride? Uh, he, he's got a bike. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's another shop bike, but he, he's just got to get it done between now and then. Got it. So I don't know what he's doing. So, but it, it, they, they got six months. It's not like fucking, I told them fucking tomorrow. <laughs> you should yeah. get it done, be able to get it done in six months. Yeah, 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 yeah. My buddy, my buddy Al's building his kickstart chopper right now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, so if I if I if I put one of those uh, kits on my bike, then I can ride with you. I don't know. I don't know. This is uh, this is these aren't my stipulations. <laughs> that is kickstart, right? You know, yeah. it's not a. Uh, 
Yeah, or or does it have to be you know nineteen eighty three? Eighty three, say eighty four. Well, dude, Kickstart originally was like fucking sixty nine and earlier. I was like, whoa, yeah. dude, we're gonna be like fucking three of us, man. <laughs> well, I told you I was break, I was breaking his balls in Mexico, right? <clears throat> you and, were breaking uh, Kickstart Mike's balls in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. The gas tank that he's got on that bike, I designed. Oh no, shit. Yeah, we did it for Lowbrow a bunch of years ago. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's the same one I got on my bike, too. I figured I'm going to run the parts I designed for Lowbrow. And that oil filter deal, the Filtromax, that's the first part that we did for those guys. The Filtromax, what is that? That's the, the that housing that they have for all the for the oil filter, for the spin-on. It's, it, it looks like basically the top looks like a, a uh, um, like a, a scallop shell sorta. Okay. It's got rib, it's got ribbing in it. Yeah. And uh, and uh, it, it's it's like the the flam style that Indian Larry used to use, but he used the the full size Ford style. You know. The yeah, he used big the one. big fucking Fram filters. Yeah, yeah. The, it's a, the same idea, but except it's it's scaled down. Uh, for a stock Harley style filter. Yeah. Yeah, the remote deal you mount. I had one on my chopper, you know, on the, on the front. I don't and, even uh, have a fucking oil filter on mine. Nothing, not in the oil oil bag or anything? I don't have nothing on that thing. <laughs> it, drives, it drives Billy nuts, too. He's I, like, I was just going to say, it might be something to help, to help add to the longevity to it or something. But, G- dude, you, I mean, it's... It g- g- gives, you, gives you a quart more, uh, or ha- it gives you half a quart more capacity of oil, too. If I do anything, it'll be an oil cooler. I got one for you if you want one. I just pulled one off of an FXR. Yeah, I mean... A Lockhart. I've got a fucking couple of them, but... Yeah, Harley-Davidson branded, branded Lockhart. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I... Uh, dude, I really like the ones that rung along the frame tubes. I think they're... Oh, uh, the, the ones with the, the, the rings on them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those, I thought those were, those were originally for, like, aircraft engines or something. Really? Yeah. I mean, they're... I the 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 ones that I always see are like it's like fuck they could be modified to be so much cooler so yeah the ones that the ones that I got look like little radiators yeah no I know exactly what you're talking about they were mounted on the front of Sportsters yep yep well a lot a lot of the years came with them stock yeah yep so back in the early '80s late '70s early '80s that Lockhart was pushing them. They were on everything. They were on jet bikes. They were on Harleys. They were on everything. Now that the motors are all aluminum and the oil's that much better, nobody uses them anymore. Yeah. It, I mean, we didn't even use one at the mint on an Ironhead, dude. Yeah. Well, how do you, did it overheat or not? Or you don't know. Fuck, man. That thing never got as hot as my fucking Evo did. Well, it's hard to tell. It might hold the heat in. No, that's what I was... That's exactly what I told Carlos. I was like, well, the reason you can feel it on the Evo is because it, dis- it dip- dissipates it, you know? Yeah, the, heat, the heat's escaping out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, you, did you have an oil light on, on that bike? Uh, no. Oh, so, so you never knew if it was... Because when, once they get really hot, they cavitate, and then they don't pump any oil. Yeah, and yeah, so not not that it may, as long as it didn't squeak, you're you're good to go. So, yeah, well, well, it's it's making noise <laughs> now, but it still runs. 
if you, if you had a light at it, it would just told told you it's it's too hot. What are you gonna do? Stop? Yeah, exactly. Like that's <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, my dirt bikes and stuff like that. You know, you know the hat when they're pinging. But the other day, you just keep on going. Yeah, I, mine's got a screen on it, and I thought for a while that uh, the H an H was coming on. I thought it meant hot, but that just means that it's the hours. Oh, I'm a fucking dumbass. On, on the Pan Am? No, my KTM. Oh, oh, oh. How you like that thing? I forgot about that. It's fucking great, dude. I mean, it's good. Is it, it's a three, 350? 350, yeah. Two-stroke or four-stroke? Four-stroke. Four-stroke. So is it, it doesn't have the punch like a 450, but it's got the, it's got a little more ass than a 250, right? Yeah, I mean, fuck, I never ridden a KTM 450 or a 250. Uh, you know, my other dirt bike that I had was a 2001 426F, which was Yamaha's, like, first race four-stroke. Right, right, yeah, I'm very familiar with that, yeah. And that fucking bike, when it ran, it was fucking a lot, dude. Right, um, a handful. It was a handful. But this one, you know, it's, a, it's, the, it's the F model, or... W model, it's got like a wider gear ratio, so the first two gears are like, you know, it's tractor status, dude. Uh, right, which right. is great because I didn't buy that thing to like to race and fucking go real fast, even though it'll do that. Uh, it's got six feet in it. Uh, fuck on five or six, I don't know. But you know, I it's 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 a workout vehicle, is what it is. Right, right. And, and I've been getting, you know. I fucking woke up this morning and thought I got, you know, ran over hey. by a truck. And, but then I remembered what it feels like to actually be ran over by a truck. So I didn't feel that bad. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's your trainer? That's my trainer. Yeah, that's just so that I can, like, you know, I, I want to. I don't want to get arm pump. I want to be able to ride aggressively for a long period of time. And uh, well, yeah, you'll always get arm pump. And just train, you know. Just get familiar. You know, I learned a lot growing up by with a little bit of time I had on a trials bike. You know, with clutch control, throttle control, braking. You know, balance and. uh, You know what helps with arm pump? What's that? If you take a. If you got like a, a weight or something, yeah, you get like a, a weight bike. and a rope and a broomstick and just twist yep. that thing up and twist it back down. Yeah. Yep. 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 Roll them up. Let it back down. Roll the really up. good thing to do is to do like a fucking human chair on the wall and then just do that. You know, one pain distracting from another pain. <laughs> yeah. Human chair on the wall? Yeah, like where you just like squat down. You know, you oh. turn yourself into a chair. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You like fucking working your legs, rolling the fucking wrist. Dude, everything hurts after that. <laughs> well, Tim, yeah. we just did fucking three hours, dude. Oh, I can do another three. You want to keep on talking? <laughs> well, I'm in my shop and I'm starting to get fucking cold, dude. Oh, I'm sitting in my living room here. I was going to do it in the living room, but then my kids decided they weren't going to jujitsu, or my wife decided the kids weren't going to jujitsu because they had some other things to do. So I came up to the shop to get some fucking quietness. Uh, Absolutely. Man, I really look forward to hearing about your trip. Uh, Sounds like you got a pretty wild crew and a pretty wild idea. And uh, I'm, I, uh, 
I can't, uh, you know, I, I was, I guess what I'm trying to say, I was really impressed with the BDR and I can't wait to hear, you know, if, if y'all's experience with that, with the trail that you guys are doing is as good as mine was, so. Yeah, like I said, I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to the, the way that these guys are so excited about it. You know, it's, uh, I hope it, you know, doesn't <laughs> fall short. You, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to manage expectations. Yeah, exactly. What I'm going to do is, since I'm I'm close to, like, one end of it, I think I'm going to pre-run, like, maybe a, a portion of it uh, backwards. Nice. You know, so I, I think I'm going to do that earlier, and then... Uh, then just to to see if there's other shit I can do, ride it. I don't want to have a brand new bike and then fucking uh, try to do it. And then it's like, fuck, this sucks because I should have done this or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, yeah like I, like I was saying, man, the more seat time you can get to get comfortable and, uh, you know, just aware of what you're dealing with, the, the, yeah, it's going to help out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right then. So yeah, three hours are good to go, and then if I can, we'll. Uh, wrap Tim, this up. Tim, where do yep. people find you? What's the best best place for people to to check out GigaCycle? Okay, well our website is gigacyclegarage.com, and you can you can follow us on Instagram. We always got some fun stuff on there, or or we're hot, we're showing somebody's bike that's carrying our products at uh, GigaStat. Uh, G-I-G-A-S-T-A-T-T at Instagram and uh, we're on Facebook but I don't respond to anything on Facebook so don't try to contact me there <laughs> or, or you can call you can look us on the website you call call the shop I'll pick up the phone or, or uh, my girl will pick up the phone and uh, yeah you can actually talk to me you got any questions on any of the products we make and uh, any, any of the things that we do and if you just want to shoot the shit I, I'll talk to you for a certain amount of time so no, you can go from there Oh, that's so. awesome, Tim. Well, I appreciate your time this evening, and uh, I look forward to spending some time in the wind with you in the future. Oh, absolutely. Hey, yeah, we'll get something done. I don't know if it's going to be uh, Sturgis or Bonneville or what it's going to be. I, I only have this, this one trip planned, and I don't have anything after this or, uh, you know, since Daytona got cut out. And uh, so uh, we'll, we'll see. And uh, so uh, be, being by myself, being single uh, sort of helps. Uh, I, don't, I don't have to ask anybody to go anywhere. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so we, we, we got plenty of time as long as the weather's good and I feel like going, we'll go. So, all right. All right, Tim, we'll talk soon. All right. I'll talk to you. Have a good one. Later. See ya.